And welcome back to WTF and Von and Deal, a place just down there two streets. Baby, we'll ask you no questions and give you clean sheets with Spicy and... It very confused the fox danger. Well, there's only one place we can go where the price is right just to fuck a hoe fox, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's the Literally. fuck shop. <laughs> the fuck shop. That's the name of the song. It's a great song. Oh, that's what you're talking... Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's why so, I said, how do you feel? some pre-show... <laughs> Yeah, there's some pre-show stuff in there that, that now totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I got you. I said, how do you feel about rap? And you're like, well, I listen to DMX, ironically. <laughs> right? And then, you know, that yes, that's where I was going with that. Excellent. We'll just go with it. That cements that one. And today, we are going to be talking about strategy, perhaps. Or, you know, rap. We could always do rap. Yeah, I'm going to go with strategy. Um, we, uh, I am definitely not a, a rap aficionado. Um, and we really wanted to talk about it last time, but we kind of had to break that episode up because just optimization in general and just like the tangents we were on just got us too far, I guess. Too far into the night. Too deep into the, to make sure. the woods, if you will. Yeah, pretty much. Far too deep. And I also want to stay for the record before we start... Uh, getting into the episode fully, that pineapple is fine, although Fox hates pineapple. I, you know, that's also a pre-show thing. I have to, I have to state that to the world here. Pineapple is all right. Look, pineapple's okay. It's just, I, I don't, I don't want it in my beer. I, I'm sure I can't be the only person out there who does not want pineapple in his beer. <laughs> Look, I usually do not like perversions of beer, but I am actually thinking this my time island wheat beer from Kona here no relation, is uh, I, I think it's fine. Because I always look at fruit and beer like a shandy, and I'm like, nah, that's not for me. But I wanted to try this because it's pineapple, orange, yeah, and lime exactly. with wheat beer. So it's like a shandy, but I don't like shandies. But I like this. This is this is definitely something you could sip on the old canoe out there near Maui. I don't know. Sip on the old canoe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the canoe that everyone owns just floating around the island yeah, of Maui. I, and, uh, I was going to let... I was gonna let people just draw their own conclusions there it's like oh of course my canoe yes does not everyone own an old canoe not a new one just an old one it's funny you say that i actually have one under underneath the deck in the backyard see see i actually do have a canoe yeah oh boy but i can't imagine everyone does i don't know i don't have a canoe but i just thought we all do so so how are you doing fox oh man well i'd say that uh you know, game-wise, I've been doing pretty good. Um, school-wise, I should have school starting up here in, like, a, like about a month or so. Um, just looking forward to getting back, going and doing it. Uh, just doing some summer classes, uh, try to get uh, uh, get back and going again. Um, but game-wise, uh, we ended up finally taking down Embos after uh, using a billion segments on it. So that felt pretty good. I think a billion is an understatement. I think we lost to them 20 times or some nonsense. It was it was a lot actually, like I I started to lose count. Like even I like I have like infinite stamina when it comes to like strats that fail and like trying to make things work. And but man, even I was getting tired of losing to embos at that point. It was just ridiculous. I was a bit numb to it at that point. The victory did not feel as sweet as my determination to not back down. <laughs> right, and I think part of it is just like not getting to that point to begin with. Like nobody should be like, "Yay, we did it!" <laughs> like when we're done. I, you know, we're supposed to be doing things. It's supposed to be fun, you know? Something deep in my soul felt happy and satisfied. Like, yeah, we did this. But then 
the outward joy of like you know uh, a New Year's Eve where the ball drops or something was not present. Right, but that just leaves on go. So we'll look forward to doing that one. Hopefully, with less attempts. Oh yeah, that that'll probably be a one or two out of one or two. Yeah, it shouldn't be too rough. We had a pretty solid way of doing it. And then, uh, at least on the V10, and then uh, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to join Pugs, and I'm going to talk about the actual group thing a little bit later, but I'll like kind of tease it now. Like I, I tried to join Pugs before the show so I can just kind of know what it's like to not be pampered all the time by like a group of players that will listen to me. <laughs> well, so <laughs> the listening part. Yeah, you know, it has various degrees of success. I, I may or may um, not. But yeah, I may or may not pop blood vessels out of people's heads when I run off in our Odyssey segment farms and start fighting uh, Amartat or something. You know, it's a typical thing. Yeah, I usually just keep going when you do that. Just, <laughs> I'll just wander away. But uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, talk about my, my pug experience, and I think I'll, I'll kind of try to like add that to the show as some sort of mini segment going forward. But uh, it's a pretty typical Azurin experience. It's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty tasty. Um, but how are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing better than Discord, which is absolutely being shit tonight. But otherwise, um, you know, well, it's it's all right. It's not impossible. It's just annoying me, as things do. As you do. Uh, how am I? Uh, well, I beat Ambos if you didn't know. Oh, wait, you were there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, just, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> when I say my head has so many things that go around in it right now, it's like I was playing Pokemon Monopoly Kanto Edition the other night before we beat Embos. Was that that night or was it? Oh, that's right. Yes. And yeah, it, it was because Carrot was mysteriously winning while you were not, not present. So. I made short term decisions. I always wanted that game against her because for some reason I'm able to envision what I want to do in a way that counters her and win, and she doesn't ever. So I purposely didn't buy <laughs> properties around, you know, before the go to jail part equivalent. And uh, I left them open, not shutting her down there like I could have. And I put hotels at the very start as there's, I usually don't. I just felt like, fuck it, we'll do that this time. That's fine. I'll still beat her. <laughs> and it was. And then when I she was like, ready to give up. And then when I left, she kept kind of, let's say, auto playing, rolling for me, making choices for me. I'm like, yeah, just buy whatever at this point. Um and then she got hotels up at the end, so then it became a game of no matter what, the longer the game went, she's going to get hotels up there, and I would just go bankrupt eventually. So the after an hour and a half of her rolling against herself, that's when that's when I lost. I wasn't trying to go to distance. Imagine that. I'm like, I only got 30 minutes before this starts, so I don't got time to do this. Do a long game here. Let's see what I can do. It's fair, man. Otherwise, just you know, uh, I, I enjoy things in the moment as always. If people haven't noticed that, and just I think about what it is to be happy in life in general. And those are the things that go through my mind amongst the million other things on a daily basis. Like, you know, I wonder if it would be too easy if I, me and my trust and I went on pup and soloed on E4 or something. I'm like, would that be too easy and boring of a video to make? Cause I haven't soloed anything in like a year and two years. I don't know. It's been a long time since I made a solo video on blue or pup or anything. I think, I think where I would start on that idea is go see like how, what other people have done, like Onikafora solos. And um, oh, I know. Just I kind of decided it. if like the content's interesting enough. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that's I have the no problem. Doubt that you can. It's like I know I can do it. I'm like me knowing I can do it and not trying to find out. Does that just make? Does it disqualify it already? Because it's just too easy. Uh, I don't know. Like, and this is something that I run into a lot too. And it's really going to make me sound like an asshole when I say this just now. But 
there are a lot of things that I consider too easy that actually aren't. And sometimes I lose touch with that. Do I have to pull up the so, email where it's oh, Aonics only and things aren't all trivial content? Yeah, right. Uh, they are. And for, for a lot of people nowadays anyway. But I mean, when it comes to that, though, like, sure, it might seem too easy to you, but there could be some people looking at it to where maybe Onika 4 is their boogeyman for whatever reason, you know? Uh, Literacy is time, hard. Timing out? I don't know. Yeah, it would be timing out or not, not understanding, you know, how to read the wiki on, on how its phases work. Um, doing skill chains when you shouldn't. Like, there's a lot of things that go into it, just pre-planning stuff. Uh, so you have some knowledge going into the fight on how it works. Um, sometimes a video will really help people understand that, but I don't think it could just be a video. Like, like if you want to do a video of that, I wouldn't do a video just on you fighting and killing it. I would add, try to add some sort of, like, editorial into it about, like, why you're doing what you're doing and try to make it, like, instructional in Just because. And then, yeah, then it might have value. I, I generally... Um, I often have reasons for doing things in response to things, but if I decide to do something, it's just because I never, you know, do you want to go to this place? Why? Just because. Why? Why not? You know, I do that in game too. I guess. Yeah, I I have weird ways of working. I don't understand it. Otherwise, since we were talking about our best friend last night, our, <laughs> our, our I don't know, what do we call him? Our, a murmur? <laughs> what do we call him at this point? A murmur is what he is now. I'm like, you know, it's been a while. Let me call him. And then it goes to like three-fourths of a ring and instantly voicemails me. And I'm like, wow, he really doesn't want to talk. And then Felgar goes, oh, he's had you blocked since April. And I'm like, yeah, that son of a bitch. I wouldn't even block him. After 12 years of friendship, that's what it, that's how it is, blocked on a phone because I called you a narcissist. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, he's his own worst enemy, really. Yeah. I, I don't get it, man. It's funny, like, the, the people who are probably the most tolerant to his bullshit are the people he just doesn't talk to. So who knows, man? It is what it is. And before people get all up in arms about us talking, quote-unquote, talking shit about someone like that uh, that we have before, like, we know this guy pretty well, and it, there's just no excuse for this kind of behavior. And these are the kind of things that really disappoint people. Like, when you look back on stuff, it's like, hey, yeah, we had some good times. And now all of a sudden you're just deciding to do this. So sometimes you just kind of have to talk through it. And sometimes talking about stuff is public and sometimes it's healthy for it to be public because whispering campaigns are awful. Well, I don't know. you know, because it, it's a very in tied to the game because we've played this game together for 12 years on and off here and okay, there. Yeah. Sometimes not, sometimes yes. And it's always come down to ideas of strategy or lack thereof and ideas of gameplay and ideas of optimization because optimization being the episode prior to this goes hand in glove with strategy <laughs> but it would be just imagine liking someone as a person for the most part i mean no one's perfect um and then just everything else that involves their thought process of well this is the best weapon because i think it is or i want everything to work around my character or like Imagine all those things for years and then kind of like biting your tongue for a very long time. And then one day you finally just release how you actually feel about it. And then the person blocks you on their phone. <laughs> so, yes. You know, it, it, that idea kind of reminds me of, of Final Fantasy X in a way and the way it's narrated. Because like the entire time, like Titus goes on about how this is his story and all this shit. And then you kind of realize throughout the game, like while you're playing it, that he's actually just not the main character. That Yuna's actually the main character of that game. And it, it's kind of like 
the same thing. Like, like basically, the reason I bring that up is everyone wants to be the protagonist of their own story. Like, everyone wants to be like the most important thing. It's just when you take that too far and like you delve into the land of, I guess, extreme narcissism. <laughs> um, you know, you end up with a, a kind of a bad space. You you end up occupying. I don't know. Yeah. Call someone narcissist. Well, what do I know? Anyway, what um, do I know? You know, just things like that. Those are the fair. Man. I mean, because I'll have a million things happen during the week where I'll go. Oh, I'll talk about that on the podcast. Just something related to the game or something Karen and I are doing or just in general for this little how are you doing segment. There's like a million things. And then when I sit down to do it, they don't exist. I'm such an in the moment kind of guy. I don't I don't like write it down to keep it. I just have so many things that either could have been a guide or something, a video or anything that just enters my head. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Or yeah, that's a great idea. And I'll just, it's gone. It's it. Not captured. Out in the wind. What's happening? I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I guess uh, you should keep a diary and uh, jot stuff down. I'm a human etch-a-sketch. <laughs> a human etch-a-sketch. So we have an email. If we go to the email segment here. Oh, yeah, we do. Do you want to read right. this? Uh, yeah, I'll read this. Sure. So I just have what you put. Posted for me, but uh, so I don't know what, what what's the topic of the email. Is that important? Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up. Let's say for subject line. Some, I guess. Sometimes it is. You're right. I did, did not post the subject line in there. With abject, it is. Well, yes. This is not a well. With the other guy, email, the other guy's subject line was the other guy <laughs> was just fuck. So that was <laughs> that's good. Uh, this one was just beast question. So. Oh, okay, okay. So pretty. Scary. Oh no, no, no. That wasn't no. And, that was the paladin guy, which is fuck the guy that we ragged on. Who <laughs> I didn't say, hey, we answered you. Go check it out. But I like we had an exchange, this or that, and then I just never wrote back. It still says draft here. I was gonna be like, so we addressed it. But his was, I have a wish to make. I have a wish to make. Yes, that was the one with the genie and every. Yes, yes. Your favorite. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So this is beast question. Okay. Beast question. I recently returned to the game after a long hiatus. One of the few jobs I was able to get to 75 was Beast, which was my favorite. I was also part of an all Beast LS on the Seraph server, uh, which did all sorts of runs and such. We dominated things in a regular party, quote unquote. Uh, we dominated things a regular party. Okay, there we go. Would struggle on and failed more times than not at others, uh, but it was fun. That's always important. Uh, I know that Beast has changed a lot, and for the better. I was just wondering if an all-Beast run instead of the regular party setup is still viable. And after listening to your podcast, I know you love three-part questions, dot, 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 dot. Do you know of any all-Beast LS out there? I would love to try that. Uh, I would love to try out some all-Beast theories. There it is. I, I promise I can read today. Jeez, what's wrong with me? It was kind of a wall of text. And number three. Broken up. Yeah, but I mean, this punctuation is better than like a lot of the punctuation we see. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, I, it's not too bad. Uh, and number three, is cereal really a soup? And like, I, I think we're going to spend quite a bit of time on that one. I don't uh, know. Thanks and keep what you're doing, Demo. Well, Demo. Is Seraph Server still a thing? All of your beast needs. Yeah, all of his beast needs. Because when I saw that, I, <laughs> I'm like, is Seraph still a thing? Did they not deactivate that or merge it? Is that. I don't know. I have to check. Let's ask Google. Yeah. Well, while you check that, I suppose I can start answering the uh, the first question here. 
Uh, it looks like it's, I was wondering if an all beast run instead of a regular party setup is still viable. And the answer to that is yes, it's perfectly viable. Uh, you just want to make sure your, your buffs are balanced around pets. Um, a Corsair is really important for that. And a Geomancer using enfeebling or, uh, yeah, the enfeebling bubbles, like basically the debuff bubbles is important because the buff ones don't affect pets and neither will bard songs. So um, save your bard songs. Like if you do bring a bard for like if you have a beast of white mage in that setup where like maybe they need a march and refresh so that, that way they can crank out heals if needed, that sort of thing. Um, but if your focus is like pets itself, um, you're going to want the Corsair, uh, this Corsair rolls for pets and then uh, Geomancy uh, debuffs. And you should be able to handle a lot of things um, very, very well, actually. Uh, there's a dude that I play with uh, pretty frequently, um, but he's been kind of busy a lot lately. His name is Beastmaster with a Z. Um, B-E-A-Z-T-M-A-S-T-E-R-R. He does YouTube Or, or just stuff. a single R. Yeah, he basically, yes, that's what I'm getting at. He, he does YouTube stuff, and you should definitely look him up. Uh, because he has some stuff where like, he even has some stuff where we're both duoing things. He has stuff where he's solo and stuff. Um, he has stuff where he's playing with Falkirk, who's one of the most notable Beastmasters uh, that play this game still. It does a lot of testing. And then he has like uh, pet party setups where like the, it's exactly what you're asking for. And some of these videos are on on older content, but it can still be applied to some of the newer stuff. Uh depending because I mean obviously Odyssey won't let you bring more than one of the same job into a boss fight. But you could still farm Odyssey as an all-beast setup. So, I mean, it's really up to you what you want to try. So, what did you find out? Seraph was merged into Bismarck server. Rip. Yes. Ripperoni. Well, when you come back, try to choose a server that isn't Azura, and I'm sure you will have a <laughs> blast. Well, I mean, yeah. if you're trying to make a beast group, I don't know if a small server is going to cut that. You're going to need to have a pool of people who want to play a job that's still not as popular as it should be. I mean, that's fair. I guess it just depends on how lucky you are. I think you're right. Because even on Azura, like, I can't see people doing, like, an all-beast LS. I've seen shouts for it, like, within the past six months. But I never hear anything about it afterwards. So I think people just, like, try it and maybe, like, stop. But it doesn't mean it's bad or anything. It's just this is taken with a grain of salt because we're on Azura, you know. Pet, there are people who are going to try weird stuff. something that you saw at 75 where... You didn't have the buffs you have today, so your accuracy, your attack, the debuffs, things like that. Your attack speed wasn't capped. You didn't have capped gear haste a lot of the time on jobs. And just because the haste gear was kind of hard to come by. It was like dust gear. And then even then you weren't capped because you would need to have like a speed belt. You know, just something to give you more haste because there was no back that gave you haste. So you had like a, generally you had like a swift belt. So you had like 4% haste in your your waist, and then five in your head, so you're at nine. Then the dust gloves were like three, 12. The boots were two. I don't know if the plus one gave you three, maybe. Maybe that like a full plus one <laughs> dusk set with like, you know, good items to get haste cap on non-two-handed jobs. Just things like that. You didn't have the DPS you could put out as a group or the support. And pet jobs made more sense uh, because you could buff them with the same buffs you have today, essentially, Sanj Geo. And, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have to worry about them dying or healing them or because you'd run an MP back then, too. You didn't have the, the MP support from ballads and higher refreshes and auto refresh gear and stuff like you do today. And it made a lot more sense to if you're going to fight Kirin for hours, as it did used to take hours for those bad <laughs> non-Zerg groups. Yeah. Uh, then 
yeah, a pet group made plenty of sense. That's That was perfectly viable, safe, fun, perhaps, depending on the group, more efficient than a bad group of DDs, or most link shells at the time, <laughs> to, to, to do something. But today, it given the gimmicks that NMs have and, and things of that nature and how inefficient it would be, because uh, when you look at Pup and stuff, it's only like, oh, well, if you have overdrive on, it's really good. But you can't only look at the one hour of a job because then the job itself as a setup is not a viable thing. It's just yeah. like conduit. You know, no one would do albumin with just normal summoners without conduit. It would not be. You could do it, I'm sure, well, depending on sleep times, but it's no one probably wouldn't go you as well. mentioned Pup. And honestly, like I, I know this guy is asking about an all beast strategy, but I think the best thing that you can do is, is try to make a friend who's a puppet master and do beast plus puppet master things, like as far as you want to take it, and kind of use that as a basis for a group that you then build on yourself. Um, your next part of the question is whether or not there are pet LSs out there, as specifically beast LSs. Not that I know of, um, at least not on Azura. Um, Beastmaster might know them, might know of some, but I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on. Um, I forget what his home server is. I think it's, I, I don't remember. Um, but if you start with that duo, though, like Beastmaster plus Puppet Master, like you can do a lot of really cool pet shenanigans just with that setup alone. And then just kind of branch on it from there, decide if it really is the thing that you want to do. They're still going to need support from things like a Geo or a Corsair or something, too. So it's not an all pet link show. Yeah. I mean, because back See, then, too, having another coming... job was harder to get, too. Leveling a job was more difficult, so there's less variety. Now everyone has every job because it's easy to level, so there's even less reason to have an only this kind of restrictive environment. Yeah, and I mean, that just depends on, on what the dude wants to accomplish. So the main thing that I see here is that I see him mention that he was able to get to 75 as Beast, and he was on a long hiatus, so I, I can't even assume that he's level 99 at this point. So like once you get to level 99... I would say start small. Um, when you're starting out at the beginning, Beast is a lot more forgiving without buffs on like the low level content than it is on high level content. Like all things need buffs at high level content, so the, it's more viable for him to be able to run around and like kill like level one nineteen mobs and get like some amount of gear um, with just your tiger than you know needing to go all out with a party and stuff like that. So as far as like easing your way back into the game from what what I perceive as your experience cap like with the game. Um, I would just try to start out like as basic as possible and go from there. I don't know. I'd just be prepared for a lot of changes, though, because the game is very different now. Yeah, I feel like if, if they're saying they return into a hiatus as a 75 beast, not only are they stepping into a game that has changed dramatically four or five times over from that point, which feels like it sounds like it was like 2007 or eight that they left, maybe even yeah. earlier. Because that would have been merged around 09, 010, 010, 010. <laughs> 010. 010. Oh, chain. Um, it would have been the point where their server went away. So they don't, may not even realize that they're not even on their server anymore. Who knows? But taking that mindset, it's kind of like coming back, um, like as like, like a time travel thing. Like uh, Robin Williams asking uh, what year it is, something like that. Just you come back and suddenly, not that that was Jumanji, where you come back and the internet's suddenly a thing. But imagine, yeah. imagine the internet in two thousand and five or six versus the internet today, and think of how drastically different that is, and how you think about things and how things operate. You know, no one would talk about using I don't know Venmo or something weird as 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 a thing back then, and just 
thinking about things of like a, a GeoCity site giving you information or BG not being a thing. You know, BG wasn't a thing when this guy played, okay? So the the, the forum was, but yeah. the wiki was not a thing. So imagine coming back from a point where BG wiki didn't exist to now playing today and trying to approach it with that same mindset. You'd be completely out of your element and not able to rationalize all of the gameplay around you or how the, the lay of the land is or even what some jobs do or how they've been changed many times over. So yeah, there's no pet link shell because those don't exist because, you know, people don't wear Jingo jeans anymore. It's just how it is. Yeah, uh, you have access to basically all the jobs at 99 and it's fairly easy to get there. Pet link shells are the Jingo, are the Jingo jeans of Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> it's very, yeah. So, number three, I guess. Yeah. Is cereal really a soup? Okay, first of all, we'll settle this very easily. Anything <laughs> I, you add liquid to that you eat with liquid in it, like a broth a substance, becomes a soup. So cereal in its box yep. form is not soup. It is a just an object of, I don't know, whole wheat grains. I don't know, Cheerios and some shit. So that is not soup. When you put it in a bowl and eat it, it is still not soup. Until you add milk, then it becomes soup. You have turned your cereal into soup. So if your question is, is cereal the item soup? No, it's a, it's a solid object with no liquid. Can it be soup? Yes, anything can be soup. Yeah, so the, we talked about this a bit pre-show. And uh, one of the things that I pointed out is that people usually when they're saying, hey, is cereal really a soup? It's people when they talk about cereal don't say, hey, I'm going to sit down and pour myself a bowl of cereal with milk because that would just be weird. Uh, people will just say, hey, I'm going to pour myself a bowl of cereal. And like the milk is usually implied. So when I answered this Not question, I said, yeah, this is soup because it comes with milk. When I was a kid with my Reese's Puffs. Uh, I did not like milk and cereal. It made it soggy. I didn't like it. Uh, whenever I had cereal, which I have not had in many years because I can have real food now. I don't own cereal or eat it. Uh, I'd never put milk in it. I'd be a dry cereal kind of guy. So for me, it was never implied. It's fucking weird, dude. Why is that weird? I don't like the milk in it. It makes it soggy. I don't like it's disgusting. I don't want milk in my, my shit. I guess we'll let people just... Dis- side on that one that's fucking weird dude. <laughs> it's not weird why is it expected that you have to have milk with cereal because it's on the fucking picture on the box i don't remember reese's puffs ever having nothing on the box besides like a reese's cup with cereal inside of it that's how you're supposed to have it no milk but you should be able to see like, like the milk in the bowl because it's usually like they pour a bowl of cereal like and, it, and it's on the front of the box and the cereal itself looks like it has milk in it is traditionally that way. Like you, you're in an anomaly at this point. And there are other people who are anomalies, but for the most part, people had people had a traditional cereal with milk. Is there like a traditional yes. breakfast society website we had to go to with a mission statement and everything to state that the variances of, of cereal and the way it's consumed in America have left traditional values and need to be preserved? I think more people will agree with me that it's more normal to eat cereal with milk in it than otherwise because that's that's basically what most people did hold on it's okay if you're alone not in this situation because that clearly took place but it it don't discredit what what cereal was basically come what it came into being to to do like it it came into being to exist with milk and provide you with a delightful breakfast i think we need a history of cereal now to prove that you're either correct or incorrect here but now i have to call carrot in to see how she (laughs) has cereal i need this has to be done Okay, well, I guess go get carrot because 
two out of three ain't bad, I guess. <laughs> this is where we wait, I, I suppose. All right. I'm calling her, but I meant to actually get up. Oh, gotcha. Okay, let's uh, hold on. I'll get her. Oh, okay. And I know there are people out there, though, like, like for you guys listening, like there are people out there who think that milk and cereal is like the grossest thing. And I understand that. But if you think about how many people eat it with milk as opposed to how many people eat it without milk, despite how gross you may think it is, if that's your thing, it does not mean that, you know, the majority of people don't just eat it with milk, which in itself doesn't actually even mean anything other than that's how cereal is designed from a just a construction point. Oh, no, I come it back and about construction of cereal now. Do we know that for a fact it was constructed to be placed with milk? Because that's that sounds like a, you're going out on a limb there yeah. to support your own conclusions here. Yeah, I am. I am more than I am more than confident that cereal is designed to have milk in it. Okay, Kara's here to settle this. Uh, does cereal have to have milk? And are you a nut for not putting milk in your cereal? Cereal has to have milk. Oh fuck you. <laughs> I don't like milk in the cereal. Wow. It, it makes it like a gross, soggy mess. That's why you put this. You put the milk in, then you put the cereal, and then you eat the cereal. Why would you add the cereal after the cereal would float in the milk? You'd put the desired amount of cereal in first, then add the milk to your desired level, then eat it. Why would you do it backwards? You're the, the nut now. No, because you know how much milk is in there, and you put the because like sometimes you overflow with with milk, and you don't even know. What are you eating? A, a trough of cereal? You can't no. judge the level of your milk in there. So I was actually right. Cereal originally was designed to have milk in it because it was uh, basically so dry and hard originally in 1863, according to what Google's telling me here, that it had to be soaked in milk overnight to be eaten. It had to be soaked in milk overnight to be eaten. Yeah, but that's not the General Mills Reese's Puffs of the 90s. That's No, but that trend continued. And it continues to support this, like, as I scroll down and click on these topics. Well, just like, because it, it was most made. people eat, the, yeah, most people eat, eat milk in their cereal because cereal evolved from it needing it to just having it because it was already, that was already practiced. I, I have to ask, though, are you respecting the listener's time? <laughs> Fuck no. Well, think about it. It was in existence as a Absolutely pair at a necessity. Absolutely not. But if it's no longer necessary, it doesn't it mean. Necessary. It's not necessary. Now it's a preference. <laughs> well, whether or not. Not it's necessary doesn't that that doesn't matter anymore like that that's just the initial reason why it took place but yes it was designed to have milk in it past that point okay well now that we have our 1863 where was cereal invented <laughs> in what country let me take a look uh by james caleb jackson uh sanitarium he, he ran a medical sanitarium in western new york so it looks like western new york these goddamn fucking bennies and their fucking cereal there you go Alrighty, so I think that answers number three. I did not think it was going to be that long, but then again, I never think it's be that long. I figured I'd put it to bed and we'd be done, and then I said I don't put milk in it, and then that was it. Floodgates opened. Hoover Dam broke. Yeah, shit got weird. Shit got weird. You, you people are the weird people on this fucking milk stuff. I don't even drink milk. So, I, I realize that your breakfast strategy is flawed, but like, when it comes to the game strategy, though, do you think we should uh, go with um, the the XIAH topic that we were going to look at or do you want to talk about my pub group first because i don't know which one like leans harder into the ridiculousness that you know i'm still sort of thing entails i'm still curious why nostalgia is everywhere in this game i mentioned it pre-show but i didn't even think about it in terms of this email oh yeah this email too i'm seeing these these bullshit threads on reddit about how i dug a screenshot up from 15 years ago this game was so great i wish it was great again and all these other bullshit things 
that people keep posting everywhere. It seems like an epidemic lately of of wishy-washy, rosy retrospective people. Well, sometimes when it comes to like nostalgia, I, I think it's just people liking that time in their life more. Like this also came up pre-show too a little bit. It's like they're like um, Al Bundy. I think it really just ties back to their yeah their their mindset back then. Like basically, they enjoyed the way things were back then, and Final Fantasy might have been a huge part of their life, as opposed to like now where Final Fantasy might be back in their life, and they're like looking back thinking, "Man, the past year was great," and I'm gonna attach that directly to Final Fantasy so I can talk about it with someone. The past wasn't you know, great. They just they just think it was. But no, if anyone doesn't know Al Bundy, that's Married with Children, a American yeah. sitcom where. The guy is married to the antithesis of a sitcom at the time, a terrible wife and family, and wishes he was still all pro football player from high school who would have made it if he didn't have a bum knee. It's unfortunate. But yeah, I don't get the nostalgia thing either. Um, nostalgia is it's it's nice. Like it gives you a nice frame of reference when like you want to look at stuff. But dwelling there just kind of feels unhealthy, honestly. I, I mean, just you can't think, interact with it. I think people are filling a void in their lives and are seeking comfort. I put some scornful dropping the venom down on Reddit stuff as a response. Cause of course I did. It was Reddit. Uh, but I think people are just uh-huh. looking for comfort and they're not looking to be reasonable or to make their current life better. They want to think about how other things are better. So it's destructive uh, at just, a certain point. Just so you know, I'm like having like weird, like brownouts, but my power hasn't fully gone out. So we'll see where we can get with this. <laughs> Well, Just making sure you know. Could be because you're running your air conditioner at 43 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer. It's fucking great. Maybe you should, if you're having a brownout, that thing's consuming so much electricity. Maybe you should turn it up to maybe 50 degrees. It's the summer, Fox. 50 degrees is still fucking cold for the summer. It's fine. It'll work itself out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll work itself out. But yeah, out. I would say most people are thinking of the nostalgia thing as in you know hey this is a great time in my life let me associate some things with it let's try to find some like-minded people who maybe did the same thing as me which is where final fantasy 11 comes in it could just be a better time for them right you know it's the people who come in and say hey i'm playing on like the the private servers because nostalgia like those are the people who really need to to realize that you know it really wasn't that great back then (laughs) i don't know but when it comes to me though, like they can go play that if they want. Like it, it, I'm not going to read what they have to write about it because I've already played that era. Like maybe they're new to that era or something. And you know, it's great they get to experience that in some capacity, even though it isn't authentic. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know why people have to constantly compare like retail to the the private servers because that's just and insane. private servers aren't old school of eleven. No, that's just a, another perversion. Yeah. What, what, did, what did Eric say in the Discord? Like, they don't even have Puppet Master right? Uh-oh. Yeah, they, he was saying something about how they don't have Puppet Master right on the servers or, or something weird. Uh, I I'm couldn't remember exactly what it was. Trying to see if I can find it real quick. I don't... Let's see. Uh, no. There's some stuff but about... But yeah, you, you might be capped to all the things that, you know, might have existed back then, but it still wasn't the same game formula. It's just someone's approximation of it. Here, press your button down. Press your button down for one second, Fox, so I can pick up your AC in the background and then filter it out. Oh yeah, hang on. Let me aim you at it, dude. No, 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 just don't, 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 don't move it. I needed it. Continue. No, Fox, you're the whole point. <laughs> reset everything where it was. Look, the, okay, hang on, hang on. The okay. way it works is everything's back where it was. Okay, 
just press your button down for one second not saying anything and then release it and then i will filter it out so i don't hear the air conditioning in the recording okay perfect good there you go okay <laughs> okay we, we got through it guys let's troubleshooting you when you're 43 that thing must be running non-stop 43 degrees if someone doesn't leave a comment about running your house at 43 degrees in the summer yeah it's great dude my house is set to 79 oh fuck that noise that's way too hot get out of here this is decadent of course i'm gonna run it all day <laughs> the power consumption yeah it's real dude uh so, um, well, let's go into your, your pug group story here so we can cover the last segment of question we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what the thing I'm trying to do now is before every podcast, I just join a pug doing X random thing. I don't even care what they're doing is, um, I'm just joining it on whatever job I happen to be on at the time. And I'm just going to kind of do what that group does for like an hour or two before we do podcasts. Just so I can kind of get like a baseline for shit that occurs outside of my group, I guess you could put it. Um, so I happened to be on Summoner because I was just like tweaking some Summoner stuff. And I joined this group for like Symbiotic Samantha, uh, just random UNM someone wants to kill. Uh, it sounded like they were having a hard time with it because they mentioned like it's bad. Breath was wrecking them. And I mean, people start out at all levels. Of, you know, maybe they are having a difficulty with that. And, and Samantha wasn't just exploding. Um, but long story short. Uh, we were just basically crushing that NM, right? So it's not a hard NM. Like you bring a full group of people. We had a Corsair and a Bard. The DD did a lot of work. I hit it with Flaming Crush. The thing died pretty quickly. Um, and then because we were having that kind of success, and this is where it gets like it starts getting a little wild. The, the dude's like, "Oh man, we're doing so good. We should we should do Tumult Curator." So what is, is Samantha like a one twenty one in Tumult's a one forty five? Yeah, something to something to that effect. Like Samantha's on like the lowest end of all the UNMs that you can fight. It's for the uh, unmoving color and the metamorph ring generally. And then Tumult Curator, yeah, like you mentioned, is one forty five. So for people who don't know, it's basically the highest level UNM, and it's technically the the hardest UNM fight. Um, in fact, I wouldn't even say technically. Like it, it, it is, is the hardest, hardest UNM yeah. fight because it has more multiple stages. Yeah, you have to be geared for it. That sort of deal. And if you just came back from. So, from a break as a Beastmaster at 75, it is the new version of the Pandemonium Warden. And if you left before that, then you've been gone too long. That's right. Speaking of, uh, the reason we didn't go do Tumult Curator, because I was morbidly curious. I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I was that, that's a guaranteed loss. to jump on like, oh yeah, I know. But I was going to jump on like Paladin Rune and just kind of see what the group does, you know, just out of morbid curiosity. And uh, I go, yeah, I'll do it. But then the Corsair pipes up. And he goes, well, I, I can't do it because I, I, I just don't. I, it's not showing up in my menu. And I go, well, all you have to do is beat the Ottergon Kings, the UNM versions of them, and you'll have access to Tumult Curator. To which he responds, I quit before I finished Ottergon, and now I'm back in the game, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, so shit. So, I'm yeah, not that's... gonna do that. Hold on, I quit the game in 2006 or five, and I'm not gonna do that. What the fuck? Yeah, apparently Ottergon is is not in this dude's de destiny. I don't I don't know what to tell you, but that's like <laughs> situation one. So we can't, to my dismay, <laughs> we can't go fight the whole curator and just epically lose because it was gonna be pornographic. Uh, so their next idea is they're gonna they say, hey, you know, you know we're gonna go fight Glazemate. 
to which I respond, sure, I'll get on Ninja. We're going to Savage Blade it to death. Don't use any magic. Don't cast Dia with magic, but we're on Azura, so I felt like being extra specific. And we, we can't use skill chains. And then everyone switched jobs. And we ended up with a party where we were like a bard, two corsairs, and two ninjas, of which I was one of the ninjas. <laughs> and I proceed to die six times in a row because these people can't figure out that skill chains are something you shouldn't do. Well, you said not to. That, oh, th- sorry, sorry. The very first, the very first pop, the very first thing that happens is as soon as I pop, because they passed me lead for whatever reason, I guess because I told them how to fight Glazemane. <laughs> I, as soon as I pop Glazemane, the bard immediately hits Magic Finale. What, what? Yeah, I want that to marinate for a second. I still don't understand. It doesn't have any buffs on. <laughs> right? Magic Finale doesn't do damage. It doesn't trigger the, the thing, right? Oh, it triggers it. Oh, it does. Or at least it seemed to trigger it this time because it immediately riddled. No, riddle's not the problem. It. Oh. Okay. Well, if you see it riddle that means it's raged at which point it then hit me with a 22k heat breath yeah oh sorry no it hit me for zero with a great whirlwind and then it hit me with a 22k uh, heat breath yeah it's the, because the, heat, I made the heat breath the response warrior. to magic yeah 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 and then it just keep it basically spams that until everyone's dead yeah. so that was death one and then we they had to figure out that you know skill chains were something Five more we to go do though i said it in advance and finally the very last time was when the Corsair goes, oh, maybe I shouldn't be fire-shotting it. That was Death City. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't be. At least they shared that that thought with everyone. That's great. Yeah. So, so this episode is about strategy, right? And what you want to do when you approach strategy is you, you want to take at least a look at the content that you're fighting to get an idea of what you're supposed to do. Like, there are a lot of write-ups out there. Like, all you have to do is type glaze main ffxi in fact I'm and i'm sure right you'll now. get to some page hopefully hopefully the bg page oh yeah no we'll talk about the reddit one I just I, this is just a quick side based on my experience yeah i don't think um, i google yeah just just look it up and read first like that's the basis of any strategy is at least like look at the content because we had someone in the party who is the other ninja and was a dark knight during sibiotic samantha who th- thought that the answer to the problem was to add more damage Wait, wait, wait. So the instead of using mechanics no magic, be damned. Instead of using more, no magic, yeah. you could just add more damage, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically the solution was <laughs> go ahead and use magic or just do what we're doing basically. It wasn't even go ahead and use magic. Like that would be at least accepting the fact that we're doing it wrong. It, like it didn't even come from that kind of standpoint. It came from the stance of we should just add more damage because that's how we win on Azra. Like it was basically like the the most Azurian party I had ever been in. And I, I only complain about this stuff to make a point and to kind of say, hey, I get it. Like, this is what people deal with when they do pickup groups with people. And it's solved by something as simple as just reading about things. Because even I, who wasn't even the leader of this, said, hey, this is how you do this NM in no uncertain terms. No one was zoning. And I even got an, okay, let's do this afterwards. And they still managed to fuck up in every way possible, almost as if to scorn me. But they they weren't they weren't though. Like I I could tell if they were trolling because at least they'd be laughing about it or something. No, none of that occurred. Um, it was literally them just discovering in the moment what I meant by don't use magic. Well, 
It says, I did the page for this on BG, because of course I did. Um, and it says in retaliation to magic damage. I don't know about in retaliation to, um, you know, just using Dispel. But if it did riddle yeah, after so Dispel, Yeah, so Finale is kind of iffy. I, I'm actually... I'm Probably Fire Shot. I'm actually kind of in agreement with you. Uh, it was probably Fire Shot, and I blame the Bards. And so even then, why, like, is, why is it Fire Shot? The mob is going to be weak to what? Water? I mean, it's why are you using Fire Shot? I basically told them to cast no magic on this mob. Like, I... I, I I'm still questioning the Fire Shot, be because unless they have no Empyrean feet, what fire damage are they boosting? Wildfire? Why are they using Wildfire? Using Savage Blade? Yeah, well, I mean, they figure out what skill chains were later. Yeah. <sighs> You know. But yeah, I'm just I'm just bewildered though because like the the answer was let's do more damage and this is coming from the person who was the the absolute lowest on the parse by the way. So basically that person was only noticing the amount of damage they were doing and assuming based on the entire party that more damage was the answer. <sighs> it's real painful and like this is the sort of thing that people have to deal with constantly because I, I people refuse to read I guess I don't know I just I understand wanting to play and have a good time but. You can't just, it's like if you just wanted to drive a car and have a good time and just got behind the wheel and just blah, 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 and never drove before in your life, or you want to fucking have a good time and it's like, okay, pants are off. What do I do now? You know, it's, it's like, uh, you have to have an understanding of something. You don't just show up to work and go, okay, here for money. You know, you have to know what you're doing. You can't just, so why do people think in their leisure time? That they can just sit there and be like, okay, fun, come to me. It doesn't fucking work that way, you selfish pricks. And I can also understand, like, if you had to sit down and read, like, Moby Dick cover to cover in order Moby to get a strategy. Dick. Yeah, like, like if you had to sit here and read the, this this extremely long manuscript on how to fucking fight Glazemane, I could understand people not wanting to do that and wanting the abridged version. But fortunately, you don't have to do that, and you can read what is probably at maximum nine sentences. They were told what to do. Somewhere on the web. I, I, okay, me telling them what to do is one thing, but even if they had taken it upon themselves to at least learn something about the content on their own beforehand, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that, it's that not even saying. a tall order to ask. That goes without saying. It's just I it's still, not a tall order to ask. I see all the time, too, when I'm in a group and someone's doing something, and I'll start yelling at them, stop doing that, stop doing that. Oh, of course you're not paying attention because you're terrible. And I just, I had to progressively get worse and worse until I'm at the point where, hey, can you fucking read? And, and just, you know, I don't understand. It happens all the time in pug groups, too, where you get someone who just is clearly just watching some, you know, TED Talk or something on the side and not even looking at the computer as they're auto-doing something and they're just fucking everything up. Yeah. So if you're trying to have a strategy that involves someone who's not caring, then your strategy will never work. And when that that is like at least four other people in the party. It might just be time to get a new party. Uh, yeah, I know. And I, I think the problem most people have in anything in this game is um, you don't feel comfortable making something for content until you've done said content to then go turn around and do it again because at least you have some sort of basis in it to replicate what you did or, you know. But uh, you gotta, at some point, figure something out. Yeah. And I mean, I was super wrong about, you know, being mad at the guy about the dispel thing, but he didn't need to spell in the first place. It, that was, the, was just that was adding just dumb. To even more of the confusion. Yeah, I mean, I can admit that I was wrong, but at least I have actually read about this guy and told them that, hey, 
it looks like in my log that was the cause. Let's not do that. And the guy actually listened. Like the guy didn't do for that perfect anymore. He didn't need to do There's it. There's no reason to do anything. Yeah, so that was great. But it seems like at every single fail, we had to directly address what was wrong for that particular fail in order to move on. Like that there was no like like the level of micromanage was unreal, I, I suppose. And I think that's like the most shocking thing. Like that's the part that I'm making commentary about. I'm not trying to say like, oh, Azure is so bad, I'm gonna be fox and complain about it like I always do. Like I'm pointing out the real serious fucking shit that you realize when you're playing with people that they can't be bothered to read like nine sentences. Like that's some pretty troubling shit right there. So, so did I, you I don't do know. more deeps? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did. I, I, I did that solve it? Did you just get more damage? Well, no, I was on ninja, so I just killed it to death. Like basically, most of the times I died, they triggered the rage, and then I already had it to like twenty percent by the time it killed me, and then they man- managed to kill it. So they so, were still triggering oh, the rage the whole time. Yeah, they were still triggering the rage for like the first six first six deaths like i mentioned and then the corsair figured out what fire shot was and that it was magic and then we went on for like another like six or seven more kills and uh it was funny too because like the the guy who built the group was flabbergasted at how easy glazemane was because when we first showed up to glazemane and this is one of the things i want to illustrate with strategy just basic strategy like listening um is that when we first got to glazemane he's like this one is so tough I, you know, this guy is so awful. Like he just spawns and just kills everyone. (laughs) And then by the time we had gotten to death, gotten past death six and we addressed, you know, the fact that nobody in the party could read and like all their faults. And then we did uh, attack attempt seven, in which case we just absolutely crushed it by savage blading it to death. The guy was like, wow, this is so good. I can't believe it's so smooth. And then the problem becomes they see that and yeah. then, and it's like a kid watching their hero, like, I don't know, do something. So they say your hero is Babe Ruth and it's like everything becomes that. So it's like, OK, we're going to go fight uh, Zerd. So we're going to have everyone use Savage Blade together. That worked for Glazemane. Everyone Savage Blade. And it's just like they try to apply what they just saw oh, to the, everything. The one size fits all. Yes. Yeah. My hero did it. Oh, uh, well, that's a that's a pretty extreme dream thing to, to say like no yeah they'll probably apply it the most content because all people tend to do that we come across in in terms of having problems or questions is just copy something else and go well it's working for them why is it not working for us and that's the biggest thing past being incompetent i guess and i i, I know it sounds really harsh like what i'm saying about this group but it's the it's the fundamental things that i'm trying to point out that are the most worried I don't and think those it's are the hard. things that I historically I historically try to fix that like with what I have to say I never have I never say like any time during here that you have to be like the most elite dude with the most elite gear what I what I actually say is that you can get through most things with almost any job combination as long as you approach it reasonably dude the NMs, that is actually true the NM's level 128 that's a far cry from anything hard uh, yeah exactly but I hey spicy I don't want to you know be elitist by saying that 128 is not difficult content it's not. It's simply not. Right? It's 145. It, it, it would be difficult content. And even then, depending a, on what it is, it's not that hard. Yeah, it, it's about reading. And it's not even, you know, an epic amount of reading. It's 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 less reading than you would have to do if you attended a single class that was a half hour long. Like, it's nine sentences, guys. You can You can manage nine sentences to make sure that, you know, the next three hours of you playing this game, you know, go smoothly and you have fun doing it. Nine sentences will take 
you like five minutes. And if you have clarifying questions, maybe another five minutes after that. Imagine if our struggles with but at MBOs, least beyond with a pickup group. Ima- no, no. Imagine if our struggles were embos. Oh. Imagine if embos was in the monster. Imagine if our struggles in the equivalent level were to glaze main. <laughs> what dying like forty thousand times? Imagine if all the struggles and all the difficulties we had in the same capacity of which we experienced them was to glaze main instead, with all the mechanics of each being you know glaze main's mechanics being theirs. Imagine us failing as many times as we did against embos with the same mob being glaze main, and then the eye opening experience of applying the correct strategy to it because that's the quickest way to put ourselves in their shoes of wow this mod's really tough is yeah. taking our our shared pain for weeks and then saying just make a glaze main with glaze main's mechanics and then put ourselves in that exact position and go and just think about how ridiculous that is it's pretty absurd man two more deeps although i do have to wonder like if i took like the uh the odyssey hit squad that is the group out to glaze main i wonder if we would uh, at least one for one it if we weren't allowed to look at the strategy first like it just had to be me saying what i usually say before we do a fight and can everyone follow the instruction it's like would my group be able to do it because that's the difference between a pug and like having a static it's that you have the familiarity with those players and those players know the person giving the information is someone they probably should listen to so that way you can clear it you know or at least have the best chance of clearing back in my day because what well i don't no, yeah, you, you, you can finish first. Well, because we aren't really like that specially geared or anything. No, we're not. We just, yeah, we're, we're basically like normal players. And the reason we generally, except for Embos, do so, or really a lot of the, the V15s have been sort of rough for us. But wow. uh, versus most content, like we roll it because we just do what we're supposed to do. I don't know. Back yeah. in your day. Well, think about it too, because unless you need a certain like, unless the the crutch to the strategy is Fox playing Beastmaster with all the gear for Beastmaster and using Don Molsoms and all these other <laughs> weird things in a way that most players wouldn't be able to replicate, unless that's the case, there's no reason anyone and their mother can't go out there as a blue mage and just do damage. Like most things don't hinge on having the best of anything. But since most players have geared to that point, it's really, I don't want to say it's disturbing, but it's its quite stark that you see people who are the same as the same footing. We're on the same level playing field as a lot of these people who just have trouble and buy stuff or ask to join groups or ask to leech wins or things like that. It, it's just kind of disturbing because it's literally taking the strategy of the game and a core aspect of the game and just kind of throwing it out of the window so that you can have all the, the rewards without the work. But the work's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I, it's supposed to be. And, you know, it's it, it gets a lot more fun if you just take your time to read those nine sentences. Like, even if, even if I'm I was I'm going to go on about that. But... Even if I wasn't jumping for joy out of my chair to beat Embos, the feeling of overcoming something that was opposing me, the relief of that, like, you don't have to feel joy and excitement. You have to just feel the relief of an obstacle that was such an affront to you and stopped you for so many attempts. Just feeling relief that, like, that kind of, like, rolls off your shoulders kind of kind of thing. Like, you don't have to feel like, woohoo. It's just, like, the relief of of overcoming. That's that's supposed to be the reward, too. So, I mean, that's for what it's worth. But, yeah, you can go. I was going to say back in my day so I can finish that one, but... <laughs> 
Well, actually, I just like how when we had our embos approach and everything, we ended up going with like the most solid cookie cutter strategy. But the funny thing is, is we actually replaced the Dark Knight with Blue Mage in that strat. Mm, yes. So it so was no longer uh, cookie cutter. Paladin. Yeah, it, it, it was Paladin, White Mage, Corsair, Geomancer, and Bard, and then Blue Mage instead of Dark Knight. And we did just fine. We went one for three that night. And you know, if we had Blue originally started with that strat, we would have crushed it early. The Blue Mage used White Wind a few times. It's true. And you did just enough. The Blue Mage did just enough deeps. Like, like that, that's sort of the thing that I always say is that, you know, you don't have to have like a Dark Knight or a Samurai doing damage as long as you have a competent damage dealer that meets the DPS. Like, we, we still killed Embos in like six minutes. So, like, everyone was Savage Blading. Also, well, I was using Expiation, but also oh. the problem you get too. <laughs> I needed to make sure I always had MP available. I could have used Savage Blade. Savage Blade might have been optimal in that situation, but I I was getting enough TP frequency that I'm going to say that the damage I was putting out with that at the increased weapon skill frequency was worth, especially the skill chaining for covenant I had there. Uh, V10 I did with yeah. Nagling, and I was very happy with that. Uh, I could have done the same again, but I just wanted to the extra comfort of always having MP in case anything happens that was weird or be having the weapon skill frequency that if I lose haste for some reason, I might still get the skill chain off the proc blue, something like that. Uh, either way, um, that that works out. So from a strategy standpoint, though, um, I had just overnight decided to go with this solid approach to embos. Like basically, this is a standard party setup almost to a T, you know, it's your DDs and buffers uh, and a tank. Like, it's like basically your traditional party. Um, because what I noticed through all of our jank attempts, and I, I say it's jank, but we actually came really close with a lot of different strategies. And I think a lot of those strategies are viable. It's just a matter of how little you want to gamble. So with Embos in particular, there, there's a lot of gambling that goes into it. Like, he, it depends on how forgiving he can be with his TP moves. And I decided that the strategies where we put all of our eggs into one basket weren't nearly as viable as just, just having a really sturdy party that sur- that stand the best chance of surviving those attacks. Well, I don't and know. that's kind of what you have to step back and realize. We kind of put all our eggs in the basket because everything was on Rampart in our successful time. And before, we refused to do that because we wanted a sturdy group to sit up the timber and not worry about Rampart. <laughs> well, we actually went like a minute 40 without Rampart at the very end of it, though. So like we, we spent two-thirds of the time it took us to kill Embos, roughly without the thing, the gimmick that we were going to use to kill Embos, because I didn't get the resets. That Yeah, what is it? All resets failed except Wildcard? Yeah, Wildcard was the only successful reset. So so we only had two uses, two activations of Rampart through that entire thing, and like we just flew by the seat of our pants. Like I had the White Mage activating like Sacro and Asylum and shit, trying to get us by, and really just creating a placebo effect, because for those of you out there who know that uh, Rampart reduces uh, Timber, um, those other two don't. Um, they reduce stuff like like uh, uproot and maybe some of the stone spells, but I wanted people to think while they were DDing that this was helping them because I didn't want to psych the rest of the party out. Like this is something that I'm saying right now that I didn't tell them afterwards or anything because sometimes that goes into it. Sometimes you just have to keep the morale of your party high in order to make sure that the strategy works. Because if people all of a sudden saw thought there was a shield, yeah, well, people if they thought there wasn't a shield or a backup plan or something involved, like that's why I mentioned Sacro that they can psych themselves out, especially given our group composition, some of the people in there, they can psych themselves out and think that, oh, no, now we're going to fail. Um, so I just basically 
kept them thinking that we're going to win, and we did. I knew Sacra you know, wouldn't save us. That was in place. I knew Sacra wouldn't save us. Yeah. But I'm like, well, Asylum possibly. I'm trying to think in my head. I'm like, Asylum's going to stop in Feebles, but uh... yeah, I, I gave them things to do because it was our best shot to win. And in the heat of battle, I was too busy thinking about yeah. okay i'll do white wind while you do asylum instead of just doing damage because asylum's not going to fucking help us i didn't even stop to think about how dumb i was being by okay i'll cover you you go you the ability but that's actually how a functional strategy is where say if that was actually crucial having someone in your party step up to i don't know aoe heal mm-hmm. real quick so someone's free to go do an ability on everyone instead of having to focus on keeping them alive those sorts of things in a strategy are actually people just post these things where they go uh, white mage does this and that and when this happens white mage runs in and does this but things can happen in that time frame and that's how people suddenly end up losing or dying it's like well the strategy says the white mage just does this and it's like yes but if a tp move happens to happen that you're trying to prevent with that or something goes on it the, the strategy you're you reading or watching doesn't occur in the same experience you're having so you have to think about covering yep. that or adapt or, or things on the fly too and I digressed when I was talking about I was trying to justify my choices or explain them on Blue Mage. I originally was going to say, and I, I completely lost it until the end where it came back to me after you started, was, you know, I may have done that on Blue and this may have been a better choice for that. And anyone can do it. My Blue's not special. I'm using uh, the plus three relic legs for weapon skilling, the plus two ambuscade hands, the AF body plus three, things that are not hard to get. You don't need crazy yeah. amounts of gear to do that. But I've had this happen and it makes me kind of just sigh at how disappointing it is to me. I've had people go, yeah, but that's spicy's blue as if I'm some fucking, I've had it happen. And I just, I kind of just, you know, it's one thing if you try to dispel it, but let me tell the listeners right now that spicy's blue fails us a fucking lot. Oh, it does. I am not a special, but there's there's like this belief in me that's disturbing. It's really funny, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's super funny, man. It's happened to me all the time. And I just like, I'm just, why? Dude, before we went into yeah. Mbos, when also another perk of having blue besides giving Berserk AoE to everyone that's also weapon skilling, because you don't need to have one single person weapon skilling uh, when you're using Rampart. No, that, that was, yeah. Yeah, that's important. Definitely. But also Uproot taking down, taking off defense down, uh, putting Tenable Crush back on. There's a chance it didn't land, but if you watch your damage, you should see if it's on or not easily if it's needed. Um, right. And even just casting it once. Uh, I had found out that for a while there's a purgatory of sorts in my Lua where <laughs> I have so many layering rules for so many things that under certain situations my gear does not equip under a certain index. So magic accuracy, tenable crush to make sure I'm landing. Historically in the past, that was just putting no gear on for that. It was putting gear on for burst affinity, putting gear on normally for the magic attack bonus, putting gear on for treasure hunter and all these other OB rules. It worked for all those, so I never noticed it wasn't applying to one specific set that I was using uh, just to only land the effect. And that. So you know, talking about my blue mage failing people, they're waiting to go in. I'm outside trying to fix my gear swap on a spider. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, they're waiting like five minutes and I'm outside trying to identify in the several layers of repeating rules for OB, Treasure Hunt, or whatever, trying to find this mess I've created that debugging... It's, it's, I fe- this is how SE must feel when they're playing the game. Yeah, and they, it was funny. Yes, the spaghetti code. I have made a... Uh, my Lua, I love it, but the more I try to 
make things specifically work in specific situations or niche situations, the more spaghetti it becomes. And it's just, it was a nightmare. And I still didn't fix it. I just changed the set that was in there so we could just go right back in. I remember you settling on that, yeah? Yeah, that's 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 my Blue Mage failing people. But it should be landing. It should have landed the fence down. But that's also a nice perk of bringing blue. Yeah, and I mean, if you can identify that you can fill a slot with like a Blue Mage, for example, that the Dark Knight would occupy, the Blue Mage brings more to the table in that strategy. Like, Because like, the only reason you really want to bring a Dark Knight to Embos is if you're doing that low TP feed strat and like, like for whatever reason, Soul Enslavement is going to save the day. Um, yeah, you you want to do that, but you don't need a Dark Knight if another DD is going to work that can also provide buffs and debuffs. Like the ability to heal in that fight is so crucial. Like honestly, I would say a Blue Mage is better than a Dark Knight in that setup by like a lot. So yeah, I I agree because the problem with Dark Knight is you're focusing on a slower build of Subtle Blow and only one DD. And during our multiple attempts where we had focused on Subtle Blow a lot. It wasn't until we threw yeah, that all to the wind because the mechanics of Mimbo's changed our strategy enough times that we just couldn't. Because what'll happen is, besides, I believe he has a cult acumen, even though he is silenced. So when that wears off and he casts, there's a TP move, essentially. Not that it's guaranteed, yeah. but um, not that he even has it. I just think he there's a good chance he does. Uh, but absolutely, once the aura goes up, no amount of subtle blow in the world will help you. And if a potted plant hits you and gives you slow, or something happens and you don't have a multi-attack go off, or just anything happens. One person trying to skill chain or hoping that the tank's going to skill chain with you, no, relying on that instead of having other DDs doing that um, was a problem. It was so you, a folly, yes. Yeah, it's a folly. And then once it gets lower, your subtle blow does not matter at that point. So for maybe half the fight, you know, around 50, if you take like below 50 and auras, so if you take that into account, I don't think the subtle blow is making the, the TP reduction difference. Only when you add multiple sources of TP reduction, which we tried to do first. We tried having Blue Mage spam Feather Tickle and, and Reaving Wind and shit like that. And it got to a along point... Along with Mewing, even. Yeah, along with Mewing. It got to a point where it's like the TP moves were drastically reduced at the start. And then later on, I kept noticing they just picked up and it was almost like I would use Feather Tickle and then a move would go off. And it was like, okay, why did I bother doing that? So... The Dark Knight limiting TP feed was not... Because multiple DDs there are going to do more damage than Dark Knight. So maybe you start the fight off that way to to limit the TP feed, but uh, the way we approached it, I think, of having multiple people and blue buffing them and stuff like that, because the resets reset the fusion because blue's got no other fucking job abilities. I mean, those... <laughs> those I think that right. is better than bringing a Dark Knight, but everyone just looks at Dark Knight and thinks it's the strongest, and that's a strategizing issue. So this, this actually brings to one of the points that I really wanted to make about strategy in general, and that's that a lot of people will look up strategies and like see these videos online, like like we've talked about before, um, and they'll they'll look at it and go, oh man, that looks so easy. They have like a a really succinct like setup of what they did, just like you were just explaining. You know, it, it doesn't apply to all circumstances. Like it, you could have a completely different experience doing that same strategy when you run it yourself, because the AI is going to be different. Like RNG Jesus is not going to bless you the same way. And what you have to realize is that you have to adapt on the fly. Like what you don't see when you see a lot of these videos that get made are all the failures that go into making it work. And I think that should hit people like the hardest when they, when they're like criticizing themselves, because at least actually hitting them the hardest isn't even the right way to put it. Uh, you should breathe a sigh of relief that you're getting as far as you are in the strat that you are using. 
be, because it may not even be the right strat, but just know that just because someone else can like just breeze right through it, that was that one single attempt of them doing that, as opposed to all the failures that they don't have the time to show you when they make these videos. So just kind of approach things with a grain of salt. Like, don't immediately give up. You know, keep reading into it. You know, that sort of thing because it happens. And you know, I'm known as a strategist among my group. I like to think that I'm very good at it, and a lot of people give me a lot of credit for being very good at it. But I just don't want to know that we failed. We failed a fucking lot, and that's just what it is. We tried a lot of stuff too. We tried yeah, we puppet did. tanking for one or two. We tried um, the original way we did in V10, which originally it would have eventually worked, but the amount of fails it would have taken for the RNG to work in our favor, it would yeah. not have felt satisfying to finally win. Because we would eventually get to the point where we're losing at single digits at that point, and just it was very good for V10 and is awesome. But we needed to do what we did, I think, by V15 because things change. Because the longer Embos is alive, which uh, this is not an Embos episode, of course, it's just focusing on something we've been you know tackling lately and is on our minds and is. uh, a keystone to strategy in terms it, it's, of how it's you, the part of strategy you never see the failing yes i don't know how yeah. long it would take me to put together all of our losses i have all of our losses i don't know how long it would take me to put them together because i wouldn't Mom. obviously I, would, I wouldn't make a two-hour video of all the fails i'd rather just take parts of the fails like you know maybe like 30 seconds or whatever before we die just things like that and then just mash them together but That'd be funny. It's going to take time to do that, too. But yeah, so when it when it comes to strategies, and, and that's the reason we're using Embos, though, is, is because we failed so much on it, I think it emphasizes the point the best to talk about that. Plus, it's all fresh in both our minds, you know, after seeing so many. And it's probably night. like our most diverse mob when it comes to strats. Yeah, it did happen last night. And like strategy wise, this is the most diverse mob when it came to like all the strats we used because we used everything under the sun to make this work. Like we, we did we did the full spectrum of jank to just cookie cutter. And, you know, towards the end there, I was just entertaining with just copying other people's ideas just to get us through the fight because sometimes you're going to have this really cool idea that, that something's going to work. And you may think that that's the best strategy or the best take on it. And it may actually work, but you also have to just be adult enough to realize that, Hey, I could just be wrong. And someone else may have gotten it right before me. And that could just be the best way to do it. And, you know, it takes a certain level of maturity to just kind of like own up to that and know that, hey, this strategy just isn't mine today. And, you know, we we tried these other things and I've been able to analyze, you know, what failures occurred and to get my group through this because they're relying on us to do it. um, You know, it's it's time we just go with what actually does work. But what you want to do is you, you want to make sure that you at least explore the options that you need to explore and know that not every group is the same. And is never going to get like the same kind of results as like someone else's strategy. So um, just because there is a cookie cutter one out there that works, and if, in our case, Embos is that example, um, doesn't mean that, you know, our other strategies wouldn't have worked. Maybe um, the whole ninja spamming Savage Blade is, is really going to be your thing while, while limiting TP. That's how Karen did it. Was your group may TP be able to get that to work. Yeah. So she exactly. did it that way. Did it that there's, way. Va- there's, var- there's viable other ways of doing it. Just because you lose a few times doesn't mean it's not viable. Yeah. But just don't latch on to that one idea. Like, like just don't get too crazy about that one idea because it kind of shortchanges your ability to um, analyze the failings and formulate a strategy 
that will work later. Like if you just get tunnel vision on, on a single idea that you thought was so niche and great, um, you can actually end up doing yourself and your group a huge disservice by just constantly like focusing on that particular element when that element could be the single point of failure. And you just kind of have to get over yourself and get over your idea because you're going to benefit the group more, more in the long run if you can, you know, just provide what will work. So this kind of goes out to the the group strategists out there. If you have your own low man group, like that's just the kind of like mindset that I have when I try to look at these things. And uh, hopefully that helps somebody. And so not just in Bose, but any mob in general, um, people take the things they read too. So they read on the wiki that, oh, they did it with this setup. So we need to have everyone do this setup. They get too rigid with the setup. So everyone says, oh, we did it with Dark Knight TP reduction, or we did it with Dark Knight Rampart. It's like, you can use other jobs as the DD besides Dark Knight, obviously. And, and it, yeah, the limiting factor for us too isn't just Dark Knight, because we have Dark Knights, but it's what person has what job and what they can change to. So yes. great, there's a strategy posted and great, you have those jobs, but not everyone can be those jobs because you have them, just not all at the same time or vis-a-vis. Yep. Yeah, do you have the right combination of people who can play that jobs? Yeah, that's and, a huge factor. And that's when changing things up and saying, hey, maybe instead we don't need Paladin because Aegis is not required for this and Rune just is fine. We don't need to say only Paladin can come do segment farm or something stupid. You know, people focus on even just for segment farm, it has to be a tank. You don't even, people run without <laughs> even taking a tank and get 12k points. Just no tank. But that's not for everyone. Yeah, I remember when, uh, when we did like blue Ma blue stripes cruel joke and i was like mastering my working on mastering my dancer i actually pulled on dancer for some of those polls yeah, any job you and uh, our other our other blue mage yeah, yeah like any job who can meet that evasion threshold can do it and i was healing that i was healing the run on dancer when we did it like it's just a matter of improvising like know what you can do when you play the job and try to apply it and you'd be surprised what the result can be because yeah you don't need a specific cookie cutter setup as long as you can fill that role with something else that's capable and, and I, you really want to be able to identify whether or not that's the case because like I, I don't say that I would have the same same kind of um, result with that like if I was trying to do my thief in the same situation just because like the tool set wouldn't be there even though it meets the evasion check like you, you kind of want to think the fan dance and AOE of, uh, cures are pretty important yeah yeah you, you want to think of the, the parts that are actually beneficial um, and, and make sure that those met with what you're doing because like if we weren't doing evasion strats it would have been way less effective me going as that role this is kind of not what i'm saying so i know we haven't gotten yeah, those deep like i i don't know if anyone thought this was going to be an episode on uh we like water of courage with this setup and how to do that <laughs> there's certain moms we'll talk about specific setups here but it's overall evaluating strategy and there's some things that work with certain jobs for example where you, we can use blue mage because my blue mage is optimized so if you don't optimize for example talk about the, the spreadsheet and everything last episode yes when i put on my dt set i know that i'm not gonna be missing those extra couple hundred dps that i could have been missing by just randomly picking pieces of gear i actually had to you know try and optimize that dt set so you know if i'm missing 200 dps every second because i've made I don't know, say I'm not wearing Ureki Yotai for something else and I'm wearing something else. You know, various pieces of gear that could be moved around that I already have to optimize how I'm playing. If I didn't have that done, yeah, we probably wouldn't have had the DPS because we need to kill it within Rampart's window. And then when Rampart's off, it's still you, you can't, you know, fuck around too much at that point because you're just begging to have the yeah. wrong move go off. So knowing that I had 
worked on optimizing a job for a while. It's not just me. Anyone can do that. So it's not Spicy's Blue. Um, that's kind of the whole point of making things viable or not in a strategy is, yeah, V15 is a high threshold and V10 is not by comparison based on our experience. Yeah. But, Huge eye-opener. Yeah. Because I was, because we were struggling on bows for a while and then we got rid of some some dead weight that we couldn't strategize around because you shouldn't have to. And not that we wanted to, it just happened to happen to work that way. It's, you know, some people aren't going to meet the clearances and that's something a link shell in general or a group in general will struggle with is there's always going to be that person who just logs on and just wants to have fun, but doesn't like work on a Lua, have a Lua, have any sets. They just kind of, they can't perform at the level required for the things they wish to have fun with. And that's always a problem in a lot of, a lot of strategies too. Link shells groups. Oh, oh yeah. But yeah, you have to optimize. Yeah, you're going to get in as much as you, you're, you're going to get out of it as much as you put in, you know, and, and at the end of the day, like you'll you'll figure out where your hard limit is based on the effort you put in. That's for sure. The threshold for a mewing summoner may be the floor, and your mule could do it, or anyone could gear it to do it. But everything around that, when you're selling that summoner to do anything besides one thing that there's no threshold for, it all falls apart. So, yeah, yeah. When you ask your summoner to use a tomos, <laughs> is that Felgar? They don't. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. It was not. Fun. Okay, it was. Uh, okay. Um, when you ask them to use a Tomos, and they don't understand that they can't use the Tomos with an avatar out. So it was the one I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember that part. I just remember Carbuncle poison nailing. And... Yeah. Yes. Poison. And that was annoying too because I had oh, said yeah. don't use that. It's never going to land. We don't need that. Stop ever doing that. And it would always come out as like this 2006 emergency response to Carbuncle kite that doesn't exist now. <laughs> oh man so back to the back in my day thing i never finished so let's get to that for the third time oh, oh okay so back in yeah, my sure. day it doesn't even matter what point we are in the episode it still applies at any point in the timeline here back in my day when i had no group before i'd met carrot or while i was meeting carrot I actually met carrot because of a pug group so if i haven't made that abundantly clear by now i didn't have a link show but eventually was encouraged to make one. You're such a good player. You should make a link shell. You could do them good. So I'm like, fine. Pretty lady wow. who wears lingerie. I will make a link shell. Thank you for encouraging me. It was not carrot, by the way. Uh, so link shells made. <laughs> How do you fill a link shell up? Well, you have to find people. How do you find people? You go and join pug groups. You go and play with people and then go, hey, I'm making a link shell. Can I give you a pearl? And that's what I did. I didn't like post a thread. I didn't do anything. You have to have the time to do it. Apply within. Yeah, yeah, apply within. It was it was a group of, hey, I like how you play. Would you just be happy to have a link show for now? Maybe we could play again in the future. You were good, and I wanted to group up again. Because the chance is, when you find people in a pug group, a lot of the time, they could just be bored players, but a lot of the time, they're not. And they're also looking for a static or a group, or they have special needs and things need to work around them. So my envisioning was a group of pickup group people. It's like, okay, why shout when I can have the shout come to me? And from that, we eventually made an endgame link shell, which was social endgame, ups and downs. I'm in it, so of course it's a drama fest. Um, Good job. And it got to the point where we're doing stuff. I always, because black mages were a thing, and I always wanted to do melee because I'm like, I'm a blue mage. I can't magic burst with blue mage. I want to melee like a blue mage. So I was trying to make strategies that worked 
towards the jobs we had, like Dancer and Blue Mage and things you still didn't find and still don't find, like Dancer, which is what I was saying. And we eventually became like this endgame link shell, and people start coming to us going, hey, can we join your link shell, this and that? It's like, no. That's we're not some big bad group everyone wants to join that group they're asking constantly on reddit or not necessarily in emails i'm not picking on demo here of bismarck thank you for your email by the way demo if you're even listening still oh yeah thanks man um it's a in order to get to that point you don't need all the people that want to ride your coattails because those people if they were ever let in and they would sometimes come in because like they have a job we need i'm like fine we need this job we don't have enough bards or we don't have enough white mages you let them in those coattail riders, not that these people posting for them, they were always the worst. Pretty much always the worst people. They're just kind of going from one best perceived group to the next. And, you know, people that need groups to make strategies or do this or that, you need to, you can't just kind of walk into it. You have to play the game, have an understanding, grow from that. And my light's turned off again. Motherfucker. <laughs> Let there be light. But my, my incoherent rambling here is to basically point out all these people, like in your pug group, if they had a link shell or a group or a static they could have been in, they would have joined it. But at the same time, if you don't understand the game, you're not going not to get far. Get you anywhere. Yeah, because the people yeah. that knew what to do, who read the wiki or in my link shell, those people were always favored by me and rose to the top and got, you know, the good graces kind of. The people who refused to do that and just showed up or didn't show up or this or that because they didn't want it or need it, those people quickly left the good graces and you know were looked at harshly. And that it's you can't just you know I I'm a huge proponent of link shells or at least I, I kind of was. I'm not really anymore. I'm not anymore um, either. In that it doesn't really take a link shell to hold a group together is kind of what I've noticed. And that with the group of people that, that I have access to now who will join me on whatever half-brain idiotic thing that I'm telling them they should do, um, just make it happen. Like, they will generally make it happen, and they'll, like, usually just go to the very end to making it happen, too, like, despite how bad or how idiotic whatever strategy I have is. And I've noticed that you're exactly right. Um, when I had a link shell, and it also contained these people, it's like I got the cream of the crop out of there. Um <laughs> The there were all these coattail writers. There are all these people who joined because they saw someone on stream they like get pretending stuff. to be awesome or something. And yeah, so they could get stuff and then just call it a day. Like they weren't the people who were like dedicated to you know helping the group out. Like and that that's kind of what I experience now. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't take a link shell to do that. It just takes you networking with competent people, I suppose. Correct. And there was always that core group that you took out of that link shell of cool streamers. There was always <laughs> there was always that group of people who made it happen. Carrot, um, Murr and Claire used to be part of that core group and things like that. There were those people. I'm not gonna go on a long tangent of, of Severix or yeah. you know, all these other great people that were there. Um, they made the core group. Without them it didn't function, but we needed more than just that core group, of course, to make things function in a certain capacity so the problem was always being caught between the competent group and the people that you have there you're networking with who are sometimes phoning it in sometimes not and you can't rely on them to be there yeah because that that is actually like to bring it back to like strategy as a whole that is one thing though is that in order to uh, approach things and like be able to, to formulate how you're going 
overcome content with like what you have access to. Like you have to know who's going to be able, who's going to be available to do it at the very least. So that way, you know, like what job flexibility you can plan for, you know, that sort of thing. So having like a core group of people you can rely on in some capacity to be able to, you know, show up and, and do things with the rest of the group is like one of the huge foundations for being able to apply strategy to stuff. Because you, you can't just say, hey, I need this group of stuff to take on X master trial with this crazy idea uh, and not have people, you know, you know, can play the jobs to fill it, you know? And so, yeah, I guess that's my point. And I know it's arrogant to say the people who did the work got the good graces and the people who didn't, didn't. But when you're in a group that you need to be functioning in a certain capacity, you have to encourage and discourage certain behavior. So discouraging or yeah. treating people as the fifth wheel or a leper even sometimes who will still show up because they want things, of course, but you treat them like a leper because they don't put in the work or they only show up and, you know, you directly call them out. Oh, you're showing up for something. I see. Well, we happen to need you, you know, stuff like that is you'd have to encourage. There's a certain limit to that. Of course, we have to encourage certain behaviors in a group if you want it to function because it's just required for any, before you even get to the strategy, you need the bodies. So, yeah. And I mean, as far as my group, is concerned like we are actually really we're probably more flexible than a lot of groups are like job wise but we even ran into situations where like we especially through like the v15 climbs where we didn't have like the exact right compatible jobs you know, for what i wanted to do and i kind of had to like work around it you know, well i mean yeah you're you're we're one of the more limiting ones but at least you have both a tank and a dd yeah um, that's about it that was one of the last jobs i loved like, because i needed something that wasn't just blue mage uh Geo actually came up a lot, despite my group having like at least three strong geos. Well, two strong geos, and and Hayden's a, a decent geo. Um, like uh, you know, having either Abject or I on geo, but that also means that either Abject or I can't be one of our other powerful support jobs because uh, for those who who actually know how our group works, like usually it's uh, Abject and I uh, uh, who are the um, core supports in the group, and then um, or sometimes the tanks too. And then everyone else, I kind of like plan around being DDs and stuff like that. Uh, so like if we have to get limited to a specific job, but we're needed on like a niche job, like it's it's always a benefit. Like if I can go tank something because uh, tanking is kind of what I specialize in, um, that would be ideal. But we can't always work that out. And having access to like to more tanks fair, is actually more valuable. To be fair, spicy tanking, tanking is the lowest bar there for people to do, honestly, for most contents. Not super. I need to be the best tank involved kind of yeah. deal so you do specialize oh, and you're really good at it but that's generally the thing that's easiest to have someone else do and delegate to yeah it, it's about making the clutch decisions i guess that's true um if you're if your tank panics then you can run into a lot of trouble i've had that happen and, and i just don't have the capability to panic i would delegate yeah. the people who had tank but weren't as reliable and i knew didn't have the right split decision judgment calls to be tank because usually that wasn't the biggest problem but it would always come up here and again where if they had just made the right judgment call then things wouldn't have been a loss or a fail or more trouble than it should have been kind of deal yeah and then we like like when it comes to like my strats and stuff we run into people like uh, Hayden who I've talked about on the show a few times like he has other great jobs but the reason I have him go core so often is because he's just really good at playing core he's just really fucking good at it he is so it's beneficial to have him there on that job and fortunately he really he really likes playing it um his core is but, my blood. Uh, sometimes we've had to basically yeah 
Um, but we've had to switch it up. We're like on uh, end guy. He was our monk, which meant that I had to go core or, or fell. Actually, no, Felgar went core. He was really good at that. Uh, so that I could stay Beastmaster. Yeah, yeah, and that and that ended up being fine. Um, and those are the situations where it's nice to have that flexibility. But uh, you can. But the what I guess I'm what I'm trying to point out is that my group has a lot of jobs. Like we cover like the full spectrum of what we have access to but it can still sometimes even be awkward trying to like make a specific loadout when one person happens to fill two of those roles and guy it can still seem kind of weird and guy was my favorite nm so far out of all of them because it had mechanics that were yeah. easy enough to understand but had to be abided by you can just ignore them it had a damage requirement that was interesting because you don't typically have to focus on blunt damage and it allowed for just us to make a strategy or setup that was unique and satisfying and you didn't feel like it was never going to work or you had to hope that things went in your favor it was just you took the mechanics that were presented to you you looked at the moves you looked at what you needed to do to mitigate them and you applied typically the same century with anything else you know bar water things like that mitigate water damage carols mm -hmm. uh you know dirge the dd so they don't pull as much hate and then focused on healing and surviving as long as you have a DPS check at that point, then nothing typically goes wrong. There is no, you know, as long as HP's high, title guillotine won't kill you, which is probably the the most alarming of moves to have to worry about, I suppose, because that's the, you know, if that happens, you're probably not going to pull it out. You don't get time to recover or anything. Uh, but that was the most satisfying because not only did I get to use clubs on blue, which was different, but just the way we applied it, it wasn't like a fuck you if we lost. If we lost, it's because yeah, there was some bad RNG, but it was something we could have survived if we were on the ball a little better. And it wasn't like the RNG yeah. was the only it, thing. It would have been our fault. Yeah, exactly. And I like that too. I like I like fights where where it is, if it's our fault we lose because those are usually the most educational. Yeah, timber sure. timber being the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's our fault we're losing because we're not meeting the right check of bodies. But a lot of times it was it's bullshit that you lose the pets because of uproot one-shotting any pet due to the nature of like I, I don't think in an, a days gone by in the past uh, 119 passed before things were this high where, where where gear was such a you know power creep to the point it is where these nms are as strong as they are even though they're still the same level technically but they're clearly stronger it was that these moves wouldn't have killed the pets right off the bat so the damage split would have still applied. I think this is a failing of SC at this point to balance pet jobs to TP moves properly because when you hand out all this magic evasion gear that becomes somewhat essential or buffs that become somewhat essential to surviving these moves and you eliminate that survivability entirely and then have a damage split on top of that that you get the pet that is now gone because when uproot happens, you're going to get potentially a timber back to back at that point at lower HP, which is we would get to 30%, 35, six, seven all the time. And we would lose with the pets because uproot kills them. And then you get a timber right after that that kills you because you don't have the damage split. So we're trying to tackle the mechanic in the appropriate way. SE has clearly designed us to tackle it is by having a damage split here, but because they haven't properly balanced pet survivability against the lack of buffs or support for pets, we're losing because of SE's design flaws here not because we're not playing the game appropriately so that's what's most frustrating about that i think and yeah i wonder how much of that's pervasive within mechanics in the game and bose is the one that really stands out for that yeah and i mean to correct that it would just take giving the pets like some amount of magic evasion because the thing is is those pets are still only like level 121 like 122 max you know that sort of thing like depending on the job your mileage will vary there 
But as players, even though we're only level 119, we artificially raise our stats the same way that SE is artificially raising the stats of the mobs in, in the zone to be higher than normal. Um, we're artificially raising our magic evasion to something crazy, but we're not doing the same thing for our pets. So you're absolutely right. When, when it comes to a strategy that seems like it would require that, or it seems like it would be sensical to, you know, try to split your damage nine ways, for example. Um, it's not feasible, though, because your your pets are te technically at such a lower level compared to you because the magic evasion difference is just so crazy. Like, there may be some amount of magic evasion on those pets, but it's not nearly enough to even provide any kind of real resist rate. Like, I shouldn't be sitting there in 87.5 DT for my pet. Um, and have the slug still be killed by uh, uproot? It's unreal. That, it's really, uh, it's ridiculous. And the problem in the past that SC has always, for years since Wings of the Goddess onwards, because there was this weird bug that was awesome, where Drain Samba was working for pets at level seventy-five. It was one update. Oh man! Oh, it was great because your pet was able to survive. You you couldn't cure your puppet or whatever. I was playing puppet at the time, so you couldn't cure your melee puppet besides repair or role reversal. But the fact that you're able to tank and have some I mean, Drain Samba is not a ridiculous benefit, but the fact that it was actually the, the pet was able to like take some AOEs and you know heal up without having to use those things was, was really nice. It was noticeably great. And I think Essie's too afraid of making like Beastmaster like, or, or Summoner or Pup the strongest thing in the world because if you can apply all the buffs to both the Master and the pet, you've now buffed two bodies more than one could ever be buffed is what they've always worried about that. But honestly, they have to do something because if we could just give Light Carol to the slug or something like that, it'd be fine. It would survive like us. We would be using the yeah. the buff properly that we're using to survive on a pet that's required for the mechanic, and it'd be fine. But they're too worried about putting Sam roll and Warrior, you know, everything possible on a pet so that it just destroys everything. But I don't know. They have to do something about it. Because if you just throw Magic Evasion on it, anything that's trivial, quote unquote, uh, you would just have those pet groups again because they would just you could stand back not die and the mob would have the enough evasion to live through every TP move. So it's kind of hard. Yeah, you're right. And and basically the way I look at it is that when SE designs these mobs and they even mention they they allude to it in how they kind of talk about these mobs during like their interviews and stuff uh, that they have them designed in such a way where they have a specific thing in mind on how to kill them. And to me, it just seems like Embo's naturally lends it to that that pet strategy. Like what it we seems, were doing, seems to be the pet mob. Yeah, exactly. So it feels like that strategy is right, and it should be right. But I mean, mechanically, it's still wrong. So at the end of the day, as as enticing as that idea is, and hopefully, I someday it can be fixed so we can do it that way, which I still feel is the correct way. Um, hopefully, someday it can be fixed so we can do that. But until then, it's just about realizing that hey. The strategy seems great, but it's still too close to gambling. You know, it, it's still, we're still at a point where we just need to reassess this. Because in V10, on. the reason that was so smooth and the reason it felt so smooth and I was so confident, I was so excited is because the pet wasn't always dying on V10, correct? To yeah, uproot? It survived uproot. Yeah, it survived yeah, uproot. It would, it would survive it at full health. Yep. So that's what made V10, that's the way it's supposed to go. Because when we did that, it became smooth as glass. And it felt great. But on V15, the pet died one shot every time before Timber could even go off from Uproot. So in our V10 video, I lost my slug once. And, you know, I communicated with the core to get the reset. And everything was great. So, I mean, I'm not saying that your pet should always survive. Like, you should be able to have to adapt to situations like that and know what to do on the fly. But having it kill it every single time is where we're saying the line needs to be drawn. You know, uh, the fact that your pet 
can survive is important. Not that it must survive, but that it can, because that allows you to use that kind of strategy and you can you can kind of identify that, hey, maybe this is how SE designed this to be killed. Okay, so since this is now the secret and Bose episode, it has been mentioned extensively. Well, it's just it's the best example. I, well, I was more complaining about the mechanical failings of SC that we have to strategize around. But do you want to go to the question we weren't asked we were going to answer anyway? Yeah. I mean, we're hitting this one kind of late because it just... Ah, uh, this, right. one, this one fits in at any point. Yeah. So, All right, let's, uh, let's answer the question. So how feasible is it to form a pug for Ayana Clear? This was posted March 1st on Auction House, but it was bumped recently today or yesterday. So I think it was yesterday. And it I was looking at this before the show, and I'm like, you know, this would be decent to talk about. Because there are some strategies yep. in here, and we get to talk about them. Already, we talked about strategies, and we've talked about pugs, and I guess we're just going to make the sandwich and we're put gonna, them together. We're going to make them a pug strategy. Oh, what would Eric's call it? A pugagy? Uh, a stratapug? What, what would he do? I don't know, man. I'm not a pun master. Neither am I. A Pumpet Master. That was pretty good. He might like the Pumpet Master. Okay, so Kelg of Bahamut asks, I can solo most everything in Zeta and at least all T1 in Ryzenjima slash Ruan. Haven't tried any Tier 2 plus in those two zones, though. How difficult do these enemies get? Is a Pug a viable way to clear all three zones? And right off the bat, before Fox even says it, the problem is, if you've never fought a Tier 2 in any of those Ryzen Gima Ruan zones, then you're not going to be able to understand how to fight a tier three or tier four. Yeah. If you have no, con it's a building problem. If you have no concept of the difficulty yeah. involved, why would you ask how difficult it is to do something? If you have no concept of difficulty, you haven't attempted. Sure. It's not quite the way I would have put it, but it's absolutely correct. It's like the, how, the way how that difficult is it to be Michael Jordan? I've never played basketball, by the way. <laughs> right. So, if you take a step back and look at each of these clears from like a per zone perspective, um, or even just looking at like what your idea of a tier one is, as opposed to a tier two, tier three, and then a helm, um, and seeing the difficulty, if you really look, the main thing that you'll see is that usually the tier ones are some sort of really rudimentary strategy. I'd say the most complex tier ones are actually the Katarai in uh, in Esheruwan. Um, there's some that get uh, a little more difficult in Ryzen Jima as far as tier one is concerned, but the, the Katarai are the ones where you actually kind of have to pay attention unless you have the overwhelming force to insta-kill them, which is possible nowadays. So to answer the question, yes, you can pug, but that comes with a huge asterisk because as you reach each new tier, they come with mechanics that you can ignore less. So when you get to like, say tier three, you end up with situations where maybe you're dealing with dread spikes for the first time, or uh, um, you know maybe you're dealing with uh, not standing in front of a whale, or um, you're dealing with uh, curse spikes. Just you know that that sort of dread actually no, curse spikes is a good example. Yeah, I, I'm thinking tier two in Rise and Gmo with curse spikes, um, but it, uh, like like something like Maju, for example, where you have to blind it. Like you, you have to pay more attention in the fight. And I know that some people can just roll this, but the people asking this sort of question aren't the people who can generally just roll this info. And then when you get to Helms, Helms kind of all have their own gimmick in how to approach them. 
And as long as you're not just, you know, applying conduit to it and calling it a day, um, which, you know, you can shout for a pug for. Uh, but if you're if you're doing like regular strats and you're actually reading up on how to do these, like these, these are the ones you have to pay attention to more. So I guess it really just depends on the attention span of your pug and your willingness for the leader of that pug to actually explain a strategy like that's really going to be your limiting factors. So Brindle here has the best advice, obviously, is the greatest tool is going to be raw knowledge. Spend a few lunch breaks at work on BG Wiki and read up on the mob so that you know what to expect and how to mitigate slash survive slash avoid is required. Yep. But I, I think we can't just make it so trivial where it's like, well, did you read? Because there's plenty of people who do read it and then struggle. So it's not always a matter because we talk extensively about learning and reading. And there are those, mm. there's a good swath of people, I want to say, who were caught between the, okay, I read it and I haven't done it. Why do I keep losing? So, I mean, obviously they had to evaluate that and try and figure it out, but there's people that still struggle with that. So I don't know how to tell those people. Really need to look hard at your failures. And that's the overarching theme of this episode is failure, actually. And they're actually really, really important when it comes to approaching these things, because like we've said with the, the Odyssey strategies, um, you may see some strategies work for other people, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for your group. So if you have a baseline to apply a strategy to, and you can go up against that content, trying it their way, if you can see at what point they fail, and it's not just saying someone is bad, call it a day, you know, oh, you're too bad to do this. Sorry. Um, it's not about that. It, it's about seeing if your group can pull it off in the same manner. Like maybe you need to tweak something about it. Maybe you have to have someone come as a different job that may be a little bit better. Um, there are a lot of ways to do these that is not just summoners. Like people usually just use summoners because it's like easy. You just hit conduit and you smash subscribe to winning, you know. But um, Kieran is actually probably one of the most difficult ones just because of his volley of um, enfeebles along with the one hours he uses and terror. the fact that he summons ads. Like it's dispel. Uh, yeah, it's, it's terror. Dread spikes potentially. Um, spike flail sometimes. Yeah. Like he's Perfect the first dodge. drill rough you're going to run into. Warder of Courage used to be, but I mean, you can just kind of overcome him now. Um, but Kieran is your first real test as to whether or not you've paid enough attention, had enough preparedness to fight the things going forward. And then the Ryzen Jima Helms, uh, those are uh, at least five of them, like I think is listed here. Uh, five of them are actually like you have to put some kind of thought into it again if you're not just conduit burning them so so hugs though so our boy sanaki here who we're going to talk about in a second for his strategies when we talk about why they are not good strategies um although he had success 40 seconds and errands that's that's success um i think he's that guy caught in the middle but will always be in the middle for whatever reason because so he goes, I know that the BG wiki lists the NM mechanics, but is there anywhere that shows the individual fight steps for a party to succeed on the helms? I mean, like job layouts, specific strategies, rotations, methods, gear requirements, etc. So essentially, tell me everything I need, how to do it, what to do it, how to do it, when to do it, and I'll do it. But you're not going to get that. There's no, your core must have this gear requirement. Outside of it, if it's a special weapon for skill chaining or something, yeah, it would be mentioned, but... Otherwise, there's no, is my job geared enough to do this, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Strategy itself is not the gear requirement. Like, you should know that you, you, you need to meet a certain gear requirement to hit this stuff. Like, 
you, you shouldn't have to be told that if content is like level 150 that you can't just roll in with like you know like 1140 accuracy and think that you're going to contribute on the dps standpoint these sort of things like like shouldn't be news like we, we shouldn't have to tell you that that's the case but uh like when it comes to like the approach itself you, we can't just like give you a strategy either which i think is kind of what you're getting to um where it's like hey if we give you all these steps you can put it in an XML script and just hit execute and like run zerd.exe, you know? <laughs> zerd.exe. Yeah, well, it seems sometimes like that's what people are, are asking. It's like, do you want the, we, I want you to give me the exact breakdown of exactly how this works. And I mean, these rough outlines can be applied and it's important that people understand their roles in these fights, but shit changes so often. Like you don't know when someone's going to get hit with like a freak crit. Or if uh, Telus is going to freak out and do like clarish call like before people are ready for it, and then all of a sudden like you're you're for whatever reason your tank dies or maybe a white mage dies or something you, you don't know like there's all sorts of stuff that can go wrong and if your group can't adapt to it you know that that's where I think the the failings of pickup groups are going to uh, are going to be more apparent because they're not a group that's cohesive and used to working together and used to seeing these failings come up. And that's showing how to plug those gaps and communication here. as well, because they're not going to communicate besides not being used to each other. Communication is the biggest problem in these pug groups, because even when you tell people to do something, they often in the heat of battle don't. But <laughs> Weird. I, it's almost like I talked about that earlier. Yes. But also, I think people just kind of throw jobs at it with like a concept of if we do this, it will be a win. I'm sure like throw black mages at it, throw DDs at it, throw something at it. Or in the case of Sanaki's errands here. Uh, party one. Yep, party one. Summoner, 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 summoner. Course of white mage. Party two. Paladin, paladin, bard white mage, geo white mage, beast white mage. Uh, let's see. As the buffs and everything. Beast. So I, yeah, you can go. First. I want to say something about these party setups real quick. So these people don't need to be in alliance. Um, basically, people. if you take one of the paladins to the summoner party and take one of the summoners and put it in party two, you now have two parties that are able to fight Aranus as a six-man group. Well, there's only one Geo. I know. <laughs> like, the, this is, the setup is is so... It's, I'm going to call it obtuse. The, the, like, the why Paladin, Paladin got me. Like, I, at first I go, why are there so many summoners? And I'm like, Paladin? Yeah, it's Paladin? I, I... Frankly, I like unless your paladin's blocking for zero, which would be since the changes since back when Aaron's was new versus now would definitely be a thing. Um, then yeah. rune works just as well because it can parry and take zero if you have proper buffs and phalanx. Yeah, it's just funny. Paladin. Honestly, these mobs, the, like like the pedif on these mobs. Uh, I'm sorry, their their attack actually isn't that high, and a strategy you would have never seen back then that you'll probably see now is if you just buff your defense and treat it like it's Odyssey. You'd be surprised who will get hit for zero anyway. We need, like, you need phalanx at that I'm, point. I'm for pretty Aaron's. sure. Aaron's is well, yeah, yeah. Down. You'll obviously need phalanx, but I'm pretty sure that if you if you just jack your defense up, like you may not even need to block for zero. Like I'm pretty sure just, just applying that to a rune fencer or a paladin will have like the exact same result, and you can just like stand there and like whatever shield you feel like using. So the bard is a four song relic. <laughs> this guy made his own okay. gear requirements and everything. You need a four-song relic bard swapped into summoner party prior to core buffing for MP songs. So you need to have four MP songs with a relic. What? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. How many ballads are there, Fox? No, you don't. 
you, like you realize that you're in Ryzen Jima, right? Yeah. Like you, your your summoners in that group have such a ridiculous refresh at that time that like I'm maybe a single surprise that ballad, soul voice. Maybe. Yeah, a single ballad was soul voice maybe is what you need but i i mean honestly probably not even that you also have like mp restore meds too and it may sound it may sound like i'm just a dick making fun of this but the point is to make fun of it as i'm tearing it down to explain why you don't need to go to this extent to win or why your strategy shouldn't be so obtuse or you don't need 12 bodies to do something you could do with four i mean so then the yep. they go to the tank song the tank party and give them defense songs and then the beast does slime pet on main boss paladin the one's the popper who runs into the corner with the edge the other one takes the mob away which you could just have both that's not required why yeah just super tanky yeah the pa- the popper paladin pops off an invincible using the relic likes to increase duration shortly after to get to the corner and keep in mind, this is this is 2021. This is not like an old strat here. This is yeah. Th- this feels like it's like a 2016 strat. They, yeah, they, it does. And they said they did this recently too. So it's not like they're taking an old one. They did this recently. Uh, then the boss paladin will also pop invincible as soon as the popper moves away, which we want to claim first, of course. So they, they, you know, boss paladin will make sure not to do AOE spells now. AOE spells now abilities as to not get hate from ads. Okay. Man, I wish I was a boss paladin. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that title, the boss paladin. Boss paladin. Fucking He's a hero. He's the hero we need. Fucking gonna go on a musical tour here. It's the boss. The Geo will immediately put up bolster in Geo Frailty, Indie Torpor, and Trust Fade. Fade? Wait, what? Why are you using Fade? Okay, I guess maybe they're gonna trigger TP moves in this 40 second win and they need Fade to survive. Um, I get Yes. It's an Idris, by the if way. If wind goes off, yeah. If wind goes off, you you're gonna have a different kind of fight. Like it's possible to still win through uh, what is that reaving wind or whatever that is, um, the the wind aura. Um, but fade is not the answer to that. Yes, it's not. Um, they will use Dia two paralyze anything they can land if the geo bubbles are up. Then just kind of help heal the paladin boss, the boss paladin. Summoners will Astro Conduit as soon as Geo Bubbles are on. Beast will use Slime Pet ability plus Unleash to spam it and max H to spam it. Just, once is fine. And max okay. HP down. So, okay, okay, and it says in parentheses, use it one time only at start of fight. So, why are you using Unleash if you're using it one time? Well, you gotta spam it once. You gotta spam it once. Okay. Beast will. Caps Lock only use Slime JA once ads have moved away as to avoid hitting them with AoE. For safety, can wait until they're all way 20 yams, 20 yams, 20 yams, yams. They did the 20 yam and then yams. And face pet away from ads due to Conal. No one will heal the Popper Paladin. Always a Popper, never a Prince. Besides themselves, (laughs) as to not get ads. As if the Paladin can't do anything. Besides Invincible and Stand There, there's no ability to hold hate on these ads whatsoever. You know what's funny? The Beastmaster is already in the two Paladin party, right? Yep. And they're so worried about these things like hitting their glass Paladins. Because <laughs> these Paladins, they have to assume are just like it's only a popper or something if they think they're going to die. Yeah, they're like using this attack down and stuff. But does this person not realize that you're using an Amorph pet against a bird? Like <laughs> Killer Instinct, Where where is this being applied in this fight? No, nowhere. Nowhere. 
that should absolutely be slathered all over your paladins. They well, should just you like, can't give killer you instinct. You just spill that killer instinct just all over his chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a Cleveland steamer instinct. Yeah, dude. Uh, you, you can't give it to the Garudas, so it doesn't matter. I don't know what pet they're using. Oh, they're using Ramah. You can't give it to the Ramahs, so killer instinct does not exist. Cork and light oh, shot okay. as needed in these 40 seconds. And do DD ranged with last stand as desired. As desired. As a la carte. You can, you can range DD as desired. Popper Paladin can spam what? AoE thingies without issue. Cures, Sentinel, etc. I wouldn't recommend healing main Paladin, though. The boss Paladin can pop its Sentinel prior to the fight if desired. With this method, Eren's died in like 40 seconds. Our summoners were not best in slot, albeit close. And most did not have Mythic. It's because they're using Conduit. Yeah, you guys, you don't don't need nirvana to conduit by the way and this is telling you that is definitely the case because this is suboptimal um well if you have a i'm surprised well i guess they had like a lot of Rama, it would help a lot but otherwise well yes it it helps a lot but i mean this person has like way too many people in this party um especially i i yeah just way too many people in this party because like the amount of health that you were adding to the nms at this point is insane and if you already have one like, power invincibling and it's over in 40 seconds why do you need a second paladin to increase the HP? Yeah, exactly. Like, as soon as you see 40 second seconds, paladin. you have to wonder, why is there a second paladin if it takes 40 seconds? Honestly, I would shave a paladin, a beastmaster, and two summoners from this strategy. Well, killer instinct. Yeah, but I mean, they're already not using it. I think if I wanted to low man this, yeah, they're already not using it. Well, the beasts of white mage, yeah. by the way. I, I mean, yeah, they, they clearly don't think that the beastmaster can land Mr. Lax or something probably which spoilers you can like <laughs> it doesn't have as much evasion as you think if the beast is actually a geared and competent player and you could do it with a trust healer a monk that's reasonably geared yeah. a summoner that does not need nirvana a beastmaster and um I guess a bard or something anything a geo a bard anything to give them haste cap on the on the monk here and you could just subtle blow it with Siren out, call out Kaseth to Mew occasionally, and just Penance. I mean, mm -hmm. I think you could take this down. Obviously, even though Summoner for safety just to Mew, that would be ideal. But even if it pops the winds at that point, if you're properly... You need a White Mage probably at that point because of the DOT and everything. But if if you can take a second Summoner, yeah. you'll be fine. But if you can prevent the TP moves from going off and a Monk can just go to town on this, adds and all, it's not going to be a problem. Killer Instinct, I mean, you don't need the accuracy from Torp or anything. The Slug will give you the attack and defense down to survive. I mean, I think you can do this with, like, five people. You can do it with less people, obviously. Yeah. Just as a random, if I had to make a strategy at this point, just out of random jobs in my mind, uh, that's what I'm doing there. That's that's what I would take. Yeah, like, what I was talking about when I shaved all those jobs was not, like, best-in-slot characters doing best-in-slot things. Like, basically... The, the the more cool your group is like with, with all like the best gear and all that best in slot idea nonsense um the, basically the, the the better that they are that way the less people you can do this with what i was talking about is the bare minimum for like your normal party that's prepared for level 150 content like and like there's a wide variety of people like prepared for that because like you don't have to have the best stuff to fight that content but you should also keep in mind that it is around level 150 145 to 150 so as long as your group is prepared for like those accuracy checks, you know what your your geo can provide enough Aaron's defense pretty down. Low. And I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even saying Idris either. Yeah, Aranus is 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 actually pretty weak. 
like defensively. Like, you don't need a crazy party to pull this off. Like two summoners conduiting and one summoner conduiting mewing is probably enough. And if it's not enough, have your Corsair finish it off with Last Stand or have your Paladin Savage blade it out. Because you can always change buffs. I'm sure everything will be fine. Just have your summoners go back into a mewing rotation among the three of them and just finish it normally. Like it doesn't have to end in a conduit, but it probably will. And just have your summoners continue to hit it. Okay, like, you need a bard or something because Aaron's is lower, but you need fifteen hundred of uh, accuracy to cap. So they have a bard. Yeah, well, I'm just saying what I was talking about. But see, that's the oh, thing. Okay. That's the thing you look at is go would this work? And I go immediately to BG because I know the evasions listed for these NMs. It's not for the other ones you have to worry about. But as you know, you'll have a rough idea eventually based on what you're fighting that you'd want to have maybe sixteen or fifteen or seventeen hundred accuracy on your DDs, depending on what it is. So, I mean, it's things like that that go into making a strategy. Yeah, subtle blow monk yeah, is knowing cool what knowing what metrics you have to hit and then building your party to hit those metrics like that's that's the baseline all the other fancy stuff you can get in there and making it more efficient or less efficient however you want to run it what more fun less fun like that all boils down to where you can take that initial baseline strategy and understanding of what you need to prepare for this i'm making fun of this because this is the sort of thing that gets taken seriously and the reason it gets taken seriously is because when this looks so well written out with bullet points and like specific things happening, like it's like set in stone. This is the sort of thing that a new person with a soft, with basically a smooth brain is going to come in and go, Hey, you know, I'm going to do exactly this. And it's going to work every time because I have exactly this setup because this guy bullet pointed it out as though it were like hard law and science, you know? And I absolutely hate this sort of, of thing because this puts the wrong idea in people's minds and as to how these sort of things work this is an incredibly inefficient setup that i'm glad worked for this person but this is not the best way to to approach this and this breakdown and makes it's still it trying to like, ignore it with summoners yeah. they're still trying to conduit yeah. burn it and ignore it with this, summoners this is the most convoluted summoner burn i have ever seen <laughs> and it's worth it's 100 worthy of its own segment because especially in this strategy episode because this right here is like the antithesis of strategy yes don't worry because there's more so oh boy topus had said i told you pre-show a pug zerd would be interesting to see non-summoner burn of course so sanaki post jp have told me so i guess the random people of japan have an entity which has discussed this strategy down to him and it's actually much more efficient don't worry oh yeah scholar scholar rune geo black mage black mage tabula rasa stun on one scholar though i guess red mage could just do this times two scholar tabula rasa skill chain thunder geo geo heals black mage magic burst yes that's a functional strategy it's also only six people instead of 12 yeah zola seems fine zola is really good just to oh i haven't seen zola's yeah he has two cores uh laden saluted to death awesome i think it's like four people they took or something they just killed it Sounds right. But I mean, that that's the example of like when you become so buff, it doesn't matter anymore. Correct. Yeah. But you could apply that. Like, that doesn't answer this guy's just question. Just because you don't yeah, have R15. Eventually you'll get there. Just because you don't have R15 death penalty core doesn't mean you can't use two Corsairs that are correctly geared buffed. I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to tell you the threshold that's required. I don't know it. Uh, but it's definitely not R15 death penalty. Uh, having it would be helpful, of course. But... 
Especially they were meleeing for TP as well, so it's not like you need it for TP, it's just for the damage boost. So you could probably use a different Actually, weapon too if you get more out of it. I don't know if an R0 death... Be, let's say R1. Let's say you've gotten the clear and don't have any Detroit or something. Let's say you have no clear. Let's say R0. I don't know if that's the best for meleeing, spamming it versus... I don't know. Maybe they're not going to get resisted with the TP bonus gun or something. I I, don't, I couldn't say that. If they're, if they're properly buffed, they might not, but... You know, with this Scholar, Scholar, Rune, Geo, Black Mage, Black Mage setup, I'm not convinced that one of the Scholars needs to do a Tabula Rasa stun. Yeah, there's two um, of them. I, I think that you can actually... Yeah, I think you can actually just do Celerity stuns and be a backup skill chainer if needed later with Tabula Rasa and have them switch roles. Because you have a core there who can do a regular um, random deal reset. Which no, there's no core. It's Scholar, know. Scholar, Rune, Geo, Black Mage, Black Mage. Oh, I'm dumb. I would drop so the Scholar ignore, for ignore the core, core thing for Tabula Rasa. Doesn't yeah, take, you could. Doesn't take that long um, to kill it. Honestly, honestly, you just don't need to do the Tabula Rasa thing with the stun because you'll get the stratagems back. And if you have to stun more than like seven or eight uh, uh, Just Desserts, because that's the only thing you really need to stun, then you're probably running into a problem because, I mean, your, your rune fencer that you brought is probably going to be able to resist sliming proposal, and that's the next most dangerous thing because it charms. But outside of those two TP moves, like nothing Zerg does to you is actually really that dangerous. And if you're Zerging it with Black so Mage, you like charm or, yeah. with Tabula Rasa Black Mage, then you could just use the charm avoidance drink. I can't recall what it's called. The skill chain thunder seems really really strange to yeah me. he's weak to it, fire i think it should be fire yeah, it should be yeah that's really that bizarre. I remember clearly but other than that that's weird i mean you can cloud splitter this to death but i mean you can also thunder him to death he has equal resistance to thunder and fire i guess yeah which is i don't know i guess i've just never done it that way because i had added the resistance values of him to the bg so i'm like oh if i know if i pull this up i know i put it there yeah, it's 85 for both anything else is reduced more light's also viable you could um Darkness is also somewhat viable. It's a 50%, so half damage minus on uh, dark. Yeah. But he does take Having the extra... Geo just heal. And, and Zola was doing capped 999, you know, straight nines with uh, Laden Salute, so... I believe it. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like being 50 would be the end of the world. Now, the water damage here is definitely the end of the world at 15%, but... <laughs> but, but that's just identifying that, hey, I need magic damage... Am I buff enough to pull off Lead and Salute strats, or am I going to need to use Black Mages? Or if my Black Mages aren't good enough, am I going to have to do like Astral Conduit Meteor Strike, which is a more common way of doing it? Um, it just depends. But like again, you only need like one, maybe two summoners to do Astral Conduit Meteor Strike, depending on the size of your party. Like it dies pretty quickly in those uh, Tabula Rasa. Could you bursts. just have one small party of one Cloud Splitter DD and kill it, or do you need more than one? No, we just need one. Okay, that's how we did it before. I remember tanking that one. You, you just want to make sure you use uh, Lightning Rake and everything's usually fine. So Rune, Beast, or Warrior, or what else use Cloud Splitter? Just those two? Yeah, I would do... Um, I think our party was Rune, Core, Bard, White Mage, Geo, Warrior is the last one. And uh, it was just that simple. Like, you, you could work... A, I, I'm more than certain a Beastmaster can replace the warrior in that setup. Um, probably do it just fine. They're pretty interchangeable when it comes to that particular fight. But I mean, you're going to have to be geared to the teeth to pull that off, though. Like with Cloud Splitters and stuff, like you have to be like set as one. Um, if, you had... if I like, for example, 
if if I was gonna try it, like I would want to finish my Farsha first, probably. I don't have a Farsha yet. Well, even without, I would probably want that. Even without that, I'm sure you could say if you're missing damage, take out a fluffy burrito or something. That's that's fair. There's ways to boost. Definitely, I don't think you need to have burrito. a Farsha to do it, as long as you have the right gear to do it, as in weapon skill set for Cloud Splitter. Yeah, I would say for Beastmaster, the backup piece would probably be. Actually, it would probably be Tri Edge would be the the next one I would try it with. You, you there's an argument for Aimer if you had AM3 because then you could spam more cloud splitters. Um but I think Triage might be better. I don't know. Hey, what's uh if you saw the thing up, what's uh, Zerd's light resistance actually? It's 60. So Oh, sad. Never mind then. I mean, I was going to say uh, Primal Rend is probably better than Cloud Splitter actually. If you're depends. using Aimer. Depends. Remember, they still do straight nines with Zola's Corsair strat, so it's not like if you... Oh, with Dark? With Dark, which is 50. So it's not like it wouldn't be impossible. If Primal Ren would do better damage than having the debuffs in place, just the Rune Fencer is the most important part there because it moves that value upwards. Yes. Yeah, the Rune Fencer is definitely key. Uh, without Rake, you're not really getting anywhere with that strat. Man, now I want to try it with the Primal Ren. I bet you you could. Maybe and, and see this whole thing we're doing here and, and talking about how we'd fight stuff. That's literally what we do in general before we approach something, and then we fight it, and and then we see if it went well or not. And there's ten million ways you could fight Zerd, for example. But this is literally how we do it as a group, and and how it gets done. And you have to go out and yeah. fail sometimes too. But it's this is pretty. See, you just take things you can observe here and then apply it to. I mean, this is great information in SNM. Not all NMs have this, especially the new Odyssey NMs, but what's available and what you can take from that and do, that's essentially how you strategize anything. Yes, we, we would actually talk about fights the same way beforehand. Like that, what we're doing right now for Zerd is how we would approach the, like, the pre-battle. And then the post-battle, we would talk about the failure afterwards, but it wouldn't be some sort of shit show where it's like, well, you lost the parse and you're a baddie and like this failed because of this reason. You're like, it's a not fat like about DD, you fatty. Yeah, you 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 suck at life, yo. Um, no, there's really it's, not it's that not much discussion. We just shit. say we're going to change something up. There's like more discussion yeah, about it before. It's, it's it's like yeah, you just identify your points of failure and you say, hey, well, how are we going to tweak it around this? And that's that's the post fight discussion. Either you win and it's great, and you talk about maybe the next fight, or you lose and you talk about the point. It's a failure in a mature and adult way that actually is constructive and solves problems. Like that's all you have to do. <laughs> well, maybe if I just come puppet master Fox. Hey, and we entertain that idea too. And I actually thought it was pretty viable until we realized that imposes damage is stupid. So if uproot did not kill the puppet, it, I actually think that strategy would have been great fine. because you know, about no yeah. absorbs in anyone. And it took a little time for the puppet to get enmity. It didn't start off the fight with it, even after invincible. But as the fight went on, the enmity was slowly pulled off the Dark Knight and then held without losing it. So that's also and, a thing. Yeah, and and, and uh, the reason that's so important is actually one of the things that you learn through failures and stuff. Uh, when we were using a lot of like single DD methods, when we found that the Dark Knight was just getting dispelled to shit, we knew we needed to have some sort of thing that holds hate. So, so we started with a Puppet Master because, hey, we had this idea that, you know, more bodies means, you know, better splits for Cano, Pierce, and Timber, and the Dark Knight doesn't get dispelled. And then um, even when it evolved to the final iteration where we, we cleared it where I was on like Paladin, um, one of the things I didn't mention is that my Paladin had almost no buffs on it to begin with. I like capped haste and that was about it. Uh, I didn't have pro. I, I even canceled shell for the last part um, because I just didn't need it. 
And I knew that because I was target of most of the attacks, you know, you do lose hate. I mean, uproots the reset and all that sort of thing. Um, but as long as I'm the target of attacks, if he tries to steal buffs from me, as long as they're not relevant buffs, then who cares about having to dispel? Let's just continue fighting. And, and I, those are the sort of things that you can only see through failure because you see people getting like dispelled and you think, hey, what's the logical solution to that? And I'd have to go back to the fight to look at it, but the whole point of having the bard and core jump in there instead of having a single DD, as in like, you know, why does one guy have to carry the world? It's not required. Um, was they may not be doing nearly the same damage, but I was doing a few thousand DPS and they were still both doing, Felgar was doing a thousand DPS. So if he's doing less than a third of my damage, that's still 25 plus percent of my damage being added to the fight. That's still, you know, yeah. the two of them was close to me. So you're still having a doubling of your damage by not using one person. And if the goal is to kill it before it kills you, then you, you know, unless there's a, a, an exact Sometimes reason. you need you, that extra push. Yeah, because the skill chains do jack shit on these Odyssey mobs because their resistance values are obviously really low for things. So, And for, for people who know me, I hate the idea of DD bards. I think they're better suited most of the time as a support feature. You know, uh, being able to provide backup heals and stuff for the DDs that actually do more damage. But in this situation here, the bard doesn't even have a sub job, so we might as well put the bard to work because it's it just amounts to something at the end of the day. Like you, you, you take every advantage that you can squeeze out of a situation and just pour that into the winning, winning formula. So, you know, I have to eat my own words. Bard was a great DD in there. And, you know, it's not something I would typically shoot for, um, but it, it held its own. That's for sure. It held its own. Well, Bard has no sub job here. So everything we say about Bard yeah. not being valuable beyond, you know, its supportability when it's getting in the way of the DDs, there was no skill chain being used here, so it wasn't getting in the way of extra damage. And there's nothing else I could have no. done into singing, so it was actually in the correct application. So actually, it could. Um, I just kind of dealt with getting dispelled, and I I thrived off of the haste provided oh, by the geo. Yeah, he. I I was gonna have him, uh, pianissimo me uh, a ballad and or not a ballad, uh, but a march and a carol, so that I can keep two songs and he can keep the most DPS possible because those are the two most critical. But I had enough re enough with my recast to make it off of the thirty percent haste from the geo, so that I he, I just figured, hey, if I'm doing well enough with my recast to hold enough hate, I might as well make it so that he can provide the most maximum upside on his uptime on his DPS. So I'm not going to bother him with that. That way, we can make sure that we're maximizing the aspect of the fight that we really needed to contribute for. And so I just kind of took that hit, and I would ask for it if I needed it. Basically. And I know last time we picked on Felgar quite a bit, and that's not going to be the goal of what I'm about to do right here, but here's another part <laughs> of, of strategies and working as a group is that certain things you should expect to just be like, well, how do we do when this happens? Oh, we'll just have this. And then you expect it to be done. But certain people aren't capable of following along that way where you expect it. So for what I'm talking about here, for example, when you get dispelled and then bows say I'm the blue mage doing it originally and I had hate because you don't need a tank for him, but it's just, you know, it doesn't hit hard, just fight him as blue. Yeah. Um, when I get dispelled, Felgar would not re-sing songs, and if you bother him, he starts getting, you know, be like, hey, can I get my songs back? It's like, oh, wait, what are you missing? Oh, um, uh, hold on, I gotta have to re-sing on everyone. Okay, um, and you don't want to cause the confusion to someone who's not capable of adjusting on the fly mill of the fight. It's not optimal, but if you can account for, because I asked Fox, I go, why are we using Geo Haste if we had the Bard? And it's like, 
Ah, that's that's right. So as soon as you said uh, you were getting off on the Geo's haste, I'm like, oh wait, that that kind of actually makes a lot of sense given what we were going through. So that and, and trust wasn't worth it. Also maximizes it also maximizes our songs too you know because if he can get by on giving all of you guys honor march that can maximize the amount of attack songs and i know that in some situations we end up kind of attack starved um so without the uh the beastmaster present to give it the defense down from corrosive i wanted to have as many songs that buffed attack as possible given that we would need carols and stuff to survive the, yeah, the awful shit that embo is going to do to us. yeah right? there are uh yeah, fury is is a percentage base, and when it's bolstered, it's a huge percentage base. But it's not; it won't always get you all the way there, especially when our only debuff is DS three. Because it's well, no, we plus had DS three plus. We set off a shell crusher, oh, and then hopefully, then yeah. hopefully, tenable crushes landing. Because which it seems like it did because our, our damage didn't really shift. So either I misunder, or either I overestimated what we needed for attack cap. Or it was landing, and what what Tenebral Crusher was providing was enough, and Shell Crusher was probably too much defense down. But either way, the damage seemed consistent throughout the fight. I joke about his repist because it's you know he used a fucking repist plus two, which yeah, the Altana's repist plus it. two is worth seventy million gil on the auction house. It's ridiculous as a food. So I tease him for that, but we saw on V ten when I was using. Um, uh, frightful roar that it was landing maybe seventy five percent of the time. If I didn't throw a random ballpark, could be bullshit number out. And having the large what ninety magic accuracy from that, honestly, for V fifteen was probably the difference between it landing every time and not landing consistently. That was probably the difference. Possibly, yeah, I can see that. Assuming frightful roar, I'm pretty sure it had the right gear on. It might not have no gear on at all. I I go back to the video and look at my uh, equip viewer because it would change properly if it did. So I could see if it did. So but yes, we had a ridiculous repass plus two on, but it was probably not necessary for the fight. But it did help quite a bit, like you're saying, with landing the defense down. That's like, also if you, why I put this on. Like, like yeah, you would want to plan for that, right? But, like as the blue mage, you're you're gonna want to be able to land that stuff. Maybe you want to think of a food. Like if you don't need act accuracy maybe you want like attack and magic accuracy or some sort of food that gives you like the stat that you need right so maybe it's just accurate maybe it's just magic accuracy at that point like if we have enough buffs and you can meet the accuracy threshold like maybe in a situation we don't have repast is tropical creek just like the best food for you in there like you got to kind of think in advance like what um you, you will need for the fight the i only, mean the only thing that comes to mind is the it's just hypothetically is the rollenberry daifuku it's the only thing else that comes to mind it's pretty decent yeah i, I actually really like that food on uh on beastmaster not everything is always corrosive ooze yeah the only problem is it gives no attack but it still gives a little hp and uh magic accuracy plus 50 is the problem so i at that point i'd probably just use the crepe because it's 70 75 but i don't think i That's need fair. the extra bit too so it depends um because i was also using tizone at that time instead of nagling for the extra magic accuracy it's a good chunk more it's 30 from the augment, and then I think the base is... Hold on. I just sit with BG up at this point. <laughs> the base is 40, which yeah, would be the same the as Nagling, so it's an extra 30. And plus there's more skill on it for magic accuracy skill. And and one of the things also is that your your strategy does not begin and end with the start and end of the fight. Like you want to make sure that if you're leading a group that you actually want to lead the group and you want to avoid like the too many cooks sort of thing. So like if, if you're leading and like, let's say you need to iterate some sort of some parts of the strategy on the fly, like you want to make sure that 
communicating with your group during the fight too and not just pointing out what wrong what went wrong after so like uh in my situation like i called out when i needed like specific resets you know i was prepared for whether or not um uh like i would actually call it to the white mage uh when i saw like status effects and things were going on it's like hey i'll cover your cures like and then i started throwing out majesty cures and stuff like that i made sure that the white mage knew that that was my intention so they weren't on an automatic white mage pilot to you know heal and then status gear so that way there's a little more synergy like you you want to be able to to talk to your party throughout the fight so that way that way it goes a lot more smoothly um so it's it's not just about the strategy formulate before but it's also the strategy and how it unfolds like during the fight too that's important like communication is key oh, and you also want to be in the discord party room the public room we have so you can possibly jump in while we're doing this and start <laughs> talking to us because abject complained last time why are we still in the public room and it's like well I'm not going to lie, man. If someone popped in during our Rambo's fight there at the end, especially on like attempt three, I would have just fucking banned them outside. <laughs> just pops in, just banned. And it's funny because the guy that came in, he's like, I came in because I didn't want to get banned from the Discord that last time that. Um, totally unrelated reason. Ferlay of Carbuncle Server, right? <laughs> that was the guy's name was Ferlay. I think it was a Carbuncle Server. Um, that actually was, it was. Uh yeah, and the first thing is I don't want to get it banned. It is our fault. You would have banned him. It. No, it's my fault because I purposely have not <laughs> yeah. done it at this point. At this point, I'm just like, mm. Adric keeps asking for it too. I keep wanting someone to jump in again just because for the walls. I don't know why we just don't slam people into our uh, podcast chat, like the channel we're using right now. It, uh, There's uh, no reason we can't just use it for that. Okay, I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make it. Oh man, soup, soup, man. So, but yeah, I think we've covered it then. Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, the I think we answered the question we didn't ask or we weren't asked. Like, yeah, you can, uh, you can absolutely pug it, but just know that the amount of effort you're going to do is going to go up if you do. You just got to have all these components, especially the more more complicated a fight goes. Hey, if I can find carrot in a pug, I'm sure anyone can find someone good in a pug and take it from there. You just don't be afraid to kick people. You don't have to be nice online. Just kick them. Say, hey, look, it's not working out. <laughs> Fuck off. You know, just kick them. Fair. I get to the point now, my pugs are, I'm so tired of it, and I just get to the point, someone's not listening, I go, hey, look, it's just not working out. Bye. You know, I'd rather, unless they're a job I can't replace, then I don't want to, it, it becomes a choice of, do I want to play this more than I want to end the run? And usually I'll pick to not end the run. So... There's also that, too. But if it's a fucking DD, I love inviting DDs. Oh, you're kicked. Give me another DD, please. Oh, two seconds later, get another, there's a million DDs out because there. Because everyone's a DD. Come on yeah. down. The party's right. Everyone thinks they're a DD. Everyone gets a chance. So funny. All right, man. Yeah, you know, I think we talked quite a bit about strategy. You know, gave some pretty good examples. But I can't think of too much else that I want to really add to the end of it. Yeah, I don't want to cover everything like, how would you fight Shaw? How would you? Because you could be here for seven days. Nah, yeah, that's dumb. No, yeah, we're not going to do that. But now I'm going to have to post our guest lists open because we have not gotten any from just talking on the podcast. I haven't posted anything on the, yeah, I guess the podcast, right? Just talking on the podcast. I haven't posted anything in the, I posted in the Discord too, but I mean, that's only so much. Like if anyone wanted to come on by now, in the Discord, they would have. So it has to be someone who's uh, outside of that at, that at this point, I suppose. Yeah. Because I want to do another job episode. We're due for a job episode at this point now. It's been a while since Ninja. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not really... I don't really know which one I really want to do. Dancer would be nice. Or Thief. 
I think those two would be very nice to do. I guess Thief's kind of interesting because I know almost nothing about Thief. Thief is not one of Thief is a job I have, but it's not a job that I prefer to put in groups. And I kind of have this weird bias against Thief, and I, I just don't really. I don't. That's because like I haven't gone Thief yet, and I don't like it as utility. I guess. I guess not, man. I finished like, my Icker uh, a couple days ago, and I've worked through. I need more tokens still, but the Neo Nice Isle event's going on still for what the rest of the month. So two more. Oh, weeks. you're right. And that's that's a couple tokens, not much, but it's a couple. We should do that some more, and. I've done most of the assaults, and I have half of the Alex almost. So, my Vajra is going about seven months ahead of schedule. So maybe, maybe I'll have it sometime. But I had asked, believe it or not, Lady of Honor if he wants to come on. And due to our long history of, I think it'd be good. But due to our long history, he said absolutely not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess if you make fun of your handy guy's handicapped girlfriend, um. They don't. They don't want to come on and talk about thief. You should. You should probably be less of a villain. Uh, I think villains are good things. Then maybe we would get guests. Perhaps. Uh, him and I have a long history of trolling and being mean to each other. At least me being mean to him. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever gonna forgive. Uh, picking up, man. Yeah, I don't want to give any examples. That's what I'm chuckling out of the examples that are yeah, coming up. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, I, carrot I would do it, it too. It would be nice it'd be, to it'd be great because carrot would do it too. Uh, that's who you oh, know. Geez. Oh yeah, it'd be you know. <laughs> I uh, would really like to get a, a a solid dancer on to to talk about dancer stuff. I I would actually be more excited about that than thief. Thinking about it, like, yeah, I, I really want someone to sell me on thief. Because I would like to use Thief more because I don't like to I just think, uninclude jobs. It's just I never think to bring a Thief because it's just it's so replaceable, like in my mind. Melfina's in the problem. Discord. I just wasn't sure if one they wanted to or two they're the right one because of the other things they say didn't quite jive with selling us on Thief more than you like Thief. Possibly. I mean, I think I've sold us on Thief I a think... couple times based on how you can apply it in a dancer way without being a dancer. So honestly, in in the face of Thief, you take it for Treasure Hunter, because when it comes down to it, there isn't much it provides that a dancer doesn't provide. Faints nice doesn't last long enough. Accomplice is the real thing, but since everyone uses Dirge, I mean, there's been times... The damage is fine. Oh yeah, the damage is good. So there's been times where Accomplice is really nice because of hate resets. So on Embose, when it goes to me or I use White Wind, a Thief in that setup helps fix that problem. And that's really good. Yeah, that's it's just usually not required the problem. Um, it needs a boost. Yeah, because it's kind of a relic of the past that way. Because like in the longer grindier fights from Final Fantasy, oh, past, it was, like it was super trick important. attack and the um, yeah, and all the hate mitigation stuff like that was really important back then. Trick attack's still important too. Now, now I, I actually the first thing I think of is just bringing a summoner for hate mitigation. Or just having no, the, no. VDB people are focusing on people are focusing on Ruby as a way. I mean, because it's nice because it eliminates yeah. Emity. I could see the draw there, but if I can keep applying more Emity to a tank that's not building CE like I'm applying and take Emity from other people, I think that's more while doing DPS. I think that's more valuable overall as a maximizing the slot thing because to give it just a summoner who is just using i mean it's giving buffs and stuff which is nice it's it's not like the summoner is going to waste by only doing ruby 
But if you're using Ruby heavily enough, like we're at the point where you're condo winning it, <laughs> um, then, right. then yeah, I mean... And I'm going to have to be really convinced, too, as to why I'm not bringing a Dragoon. Because Dragoon is so strong. Well, lately we've seen the problem with Dragoon is. is not only the pet dying to the DOT, because you can't panacea a That's pet, true. That's true. The magic evasion. Is the magic evasion and taking extra magic damage is a real problem. And Thief and Dancer don't have that problem. Yeah, and that's less of an issue on the fights where you would bring a Dragoon, because like on Savioso, for example, all you have to do is mass crits, and you want to bring a Dancer to that fight in addition to the Dragoon, so like the Wyvern's not really exposed to those fetters. And so, the fight yeah, wasn't too threatening where I couldn't... I see that. I couldn't no. just, yeah. I guess not. It's just the, those are the things that I th think of first. It's like, hey, can I eliminate it completely with a, with a summoner? Can I mitigate it with, like, uh, you know, pet-swapping enmity mechanics, like through Puppet Master or Beastmaster? Or I think about, like, just bring your dragoon, but I never actually think of thief first when it comes to hate control, and I I just don't know why it, thief, it just doesn't seem as relevant to me anymore. It's in some ways it's not, but thief for hate control is, I think the last big draw it has because it's a it's a solid DD. But I think using it for yeah. hate control is the most important part of utilizing it because otherwise, I mean, aura steel is not important. Despoils okay, it doesn't do anything important. It doesn't like. Like, there's all these things they added to it that don't really change the job. So I'm hoping the job adjustments do a little bit for Thief, because otherwise you have Me a too. job that has some hate control but lacks everything Dancer brings that's more important. So everyone has Thief and doesn't have Dancer, yeah. but it, honestly, Dancer is so fucking good. Honestly, that's one of the things that I've said in the past is that Thief is a bad Dancer. And that's not really fair. Like, I'm actually really open to the idea that my mindset on this is just completely wrong and that I'm bad for thinking that way. It's just I, I really want someone to prove to me that I'm wrong and, like, talk about Thief in a way that actually makes me entertain the idea that, that it is as good as I, I would imagine it should be. Well, because I don't like to discredit jobs. As much as Vajra, I think all the jobs are viable. As much as Vajra is the get this weapon last ultimate weapon for Thief, as much as it is, that... Yeah changes the field in a way that's awesome for thief because you now have a strong weapon skill that's fusion that dancer doesn't get that excels that's in huge. situations where you're not pdf capped so yeah i sorely miss not having fusion on dancer like that would be amazing if i could get fusion on dancer and you get to play more defensively when you have it which suits itself very well to these newer sort of fights we're seeing so i also like that because you don't you know, if you think about how you break down a dancer, it's nice to have backup heals, but unless it's like our strat for Zevioso, where we're focusing on the dancer doing a lot of healing and just healing, kind of, it you don't the white mage that can proc in that fight, basically. Yeah, yeah, you're you're trying to replace something at that point, not complement something. Like when I use white wind, I'm complementing something, but at that point, your strategy doesn't hinge on a waltz. So then you look at the other things to revise, and yes, the steps are really important, um, and the samba can be important. And the erases are important. So you're looking at that, but if you don't need the erases and you're already capped attack, you're still at that point not bringing too much. If you break down how dancers things can be either really important or really not super important, you're not changing too much at that point. So potentially, if you look at it in that light, not that I'm trying to sell you on Thief, there can be certain setups and strategies and mobs where you want what a dancer kind of brings and a thief can have a vajra with fusion or something going on that where it's it's not going to fit all the time but it can be nichely sold in certain times where you want it like yuichi on uh <laughs> on ranger for 
for uh, Zevios or Strats too. I'm actually already a really big fan of like anything that brings a solid fusion weapon skill to the table because I like incidental lights from a lot of the Savage Blade Strats that I like to use. Yes. So, you know, since I lean so heavily on Savage Blade because Nagling is a real monster, um, just having a job that can, you know, do what you're explaining and then still provide a weapon skill that's that's decent in conjunction with Savage Blade and just basically ups that free damage potential, um, that on its own goes a pretty long way towards justifying it in the party slot for sure. What would make me super happy with Thief, which would fix, I think, a lot of its utility, would be improving Conspirator. It's only one minute right now. But if I could enhance the accuracy of my group and settle oh, yeah. one for more than a minute, that's a great ability. It is. Um, it's an ability I forget about all the time. Yeah, I use it all the time too, but actually, if it lasted longer, it'd be amazing. Because, let's see right here, six people who have enmity, um, players with Conspirator will receive 50 subtle blow and 25 accuracy. He's got all these like Minuteman abilities. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, if a Conspirator lasted longer, just even two minutes. It would be you could build a strategy around Thief with Conspirator alone. So I can see it. And since I have capped Thief with job points, it becomes forty-five accuracy for six players. So capping subtle blow and getting forty-five accuracy for a minute is very nice, but um, it just it'd be nice if it lasted longer than a minute because you don't want to have to play the Rampart game of resetting it. I mean, it can change. It can change like what kind of buffs you use or what sets you use. I, I think it's more realistic. That it could change what sets you use, um, or perhaps you like maybe you need to shift the geo bubble off of like torpor if you're using it while conspirators up, and then switch it back to torpor after. Like I think you can squeeze a little more info out of your party as long as your party is ready to use that ability. Um, incidentally, raising uh, accuracy by forty five isn't really amazing to me unless it's it is longer, like you're saying, like two minutes would be something you can plan around. Um, Otherwise, it's just kind of awkward, and I would just really want to use it for the subtle blow. Thief's really awkward, too, because the faint yeah. is also awkward as well. Only 30 seconds. Faint should be a minute. Yeah. It's really powerful, but it's not crazy to have minus 150 evasion. Well, depending on your merits, if you're capped, it's minus 200 evasion for 30 seconds, but it also degrades as it goes on. So there's a lot of things Thief has that just needs to be improved slightly, and it has a good you know, usage in a party. Yeah. It, it almost seems like it would play through rotations kind of like Monk rotates uh, through its drop abilities to maximize DPS. Um, it almost seems like like Thief would do the same thing if the recasts weren't so bad on a lot of these abilities. Yeah, five minutes on Conspirator. It's not crazy, but it's yeah. not good. Yeah, Monk at least has like the duration, like you're saying, so that you can actually rotate through all this stuff. And I think having Thief play in a similar fashion would actually be a benefit if they ever change the jobs that way. I don't want to delve too deep into theory crafting, but I, yeah. you make a very good point. Like, that is a good direction to put that job in like rotation based play technically too i mean all the things thief has going for it too because the spoil will take tp from the target which works you know similarly for subtle blow tp strats is very nice but that's also another five minute ability all the things thief has like the spoil is supposed to steal something and apply a buff a debuff like magic defense bonus down and stuff <laughs> where things that it is taken down for let's see um Magic defense bonus down, magic accuracy down, magic attack down, things like that. But it only applies that if you steal something. So if they just change the spoil to always apply that, that'd be nice. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to... I mean, I, I'm, it's exciting to talk about Thief and try and sell it here, but it's got stuff going for it. It just has to be DPS with those things. But they don't change a strategy, unfortunately. They kind of... Yeah. They fit within a strategy. So if you can take a Thief as a DD because you don't need the excessive DPS or certain tools, because really all a Dark Knight brings is 
survivability with dread spikes and drain and doing a lot of damage and skill chains. So if you don't need that, there's no reason you can't take any DD in that place. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in the conversation around either either dancer or thief when it comes to a job episode. I think um, I I just uh, I would I would really like it to be one of those underutilized jobs though. That's for sure. Underutilized jobs too, thief. <laughs> Job is plural, but we only talk about these. It would just be more underutilized jobs. Well, the problem is we talked about all of them except thief, so we can't just have one about thief. What is a thief? Crazy black mage episode. Yeah. So if you want to come on. And I don't have to hunt you down because last time I say this every time. And when, as soon as I posted on Reddit, just anyone want to come on the moment I posted that within like an hour, Eric's responded and it, the rest is history there, but he never would have ever heard this otherwise. So I don't know if it's just pleading for no reason. I mean, I'm not pleading. I just, I like when we get people who come on because I could talk about a thief like I was all day. I can make a whole thief presentation here, but I want someone else. I don't get to play thief like I want to. I'm working on it, and I want to play it more, but I want someone who lives Thief, like Melfina, or even Lady of Honor, um, who, to come on and just talk about it. Like, I could look up Thief on here and just see mechanically how it breaks down. Like, I have a Thief I can play, uh, but I like to hear other people's ideas on it, because I know that my ideas aren't the end-all be-all, and like, the to get better cohesion and just better ideas out there in general, like, you have to talk to more people about stuff. Like just thinking you have all the answers by yourself is not a great way to go about things. And that that's why I really like it when people can come on and talk about stuff. Cause like I could rattle off the mechanics of thief and stuff and it would be really boring and I'm not a thief. Um, I would rather have somebody to be able to talk from experience and Hey, this is all the cool stuff that thief can does. And this is what it brought to the table. So like anytime we can get a, a guest that can, that can bring that on. I think that's really what we're shooting for just because it'd be lame to just hear me talk about like the mechanics of X job. Like, because it would, it would just be kind of dry after a while. At least one thing they did do right was Larceny for Thief. That was the one thing they did right for it. It's pretty sweet. I like that. It's a really nice niche use, for sure. Uh, at that point, so send us an email, if you'd like, at wtfinfinadeal at gmail.com. By the way, we had no outline, of course, if you didn't notice that. So there was no nah. no outline. Um, for reason. Yeah, this is not one you need an outline for. You can't outline how to talk strategy. I am Bose. Yeah, <laughs> the secret Embo's episode. It's a secret Blue Mage episode, too. Secret Thief episode. The secret Blue Mage so episode. Here's, here's the strat. We pop Flea. And then you drop from party, and then you run back to your Mog house with Flea on so you can change jobs to a job that Fox approves of. I'm going to flee up to the Embo's, pull them, perfect dodge, and slash log out. But thank you, Fox. I have fun as always. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right, guys. Later.